I'm coming for all of you. Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? Can you, can you, can you smell that? What's it? it hey, it, uh, it smells like Thursday in here, doesn't it? I think it smells like Thursday. Can you, uh, can you tell yourself? It sm- well, I mean, it smells like Thursday by me. Why? Because I'm recording this on a goddamn Thursday when it was supposed to come out on a goddamn Thursday. So by you, it probably just smells like Friday. Uh, because apparently I assume everybody listens to the show the second it fucking comes out. That's not, that's not the case. You guys are putting this off. It could, you know what? It might smell like Monday. It could smell like Tuesday by you. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I don't like Mondays. We can get all just me and the Booptown Rats and Garfield. There's a list. That's a hat trick. That's a hat trick of the people who don't like Mondays because you love them. I know you do. Uh, but I know that the Boomtown Rats certainly don't. Why? Because the silicon chip inside their head is switched to overload and uh, and no one's going to go to school today. I'll tell you why. Because Garfield hates Mondays and he just ate all the lasagna and punched John in the face. Um, and don't you wish he would have killed John? Don't you wish he would have killed Odie? And then I wish he would have killed Nermal. And don't you wish he would kill me for knowing who Nermal is? That's his, that's the cat who looks like Garfield, right? And it doesn't, isn't like the, I think the conceit is that Garfield's a dick to everybody. And then Odie's retarded. And then John never gets laid. And then there's a cat who loves Garfield and he hates him, but he loves lasagna, but he hates Mondays. I guess Garfield's kind of a stick in the mud. Is that the vibe I'm getting? I, look, it's been a long time since I've read the strip. What if they've changed it completely? What if Garfield's the nicest cat in the world? Nermal's a jag off. He's grown up. Uh, John has buried Odie in the backyard because Odie died out of old age. Uh, although I think that Odie had to be younger than Garfield, right? They can't. Our Garfield was old. He was old because he was fat. He had to have an enlarged liver. Oh my Christ. How big was the liver in Garfield? He's eating lasagna. He's a cat who eats nothing but fucking lasagna. He's never exercised in his life. Did Garfield have legs? I don't recall him ever having legs in a fucking strip. Didn't he sit in like a fucking weird litter box, shoe box thing? And just, he would swipe normal onto the ground into a wood chipper. That seems weird. I don't know why John would have a wood chipper in his house. That seems like a big mistake for John. He knows that Garfield hates Nermal. He knows he's just waiting for his chance to knock that kitten into a goddamn wood chipper. Uh, hi, this is Garfield Talk. Welcome to Garfield Talk with Mike Schmidt. Uh, you know, we're late. We're fucking a day late and a dollar short. And by a dollar, I mean a lot of fucking dollars because I'm 50 and I still live in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, because I just, I, I do that thing, man, where I tell myself, you know what? Don't fucking open it up. Don't talk. There's no reason. I And I, I, I fucking pit myself in a prison in my own fucking brain, my own little phantom zone. Superman comes by and throws cellophane on me and it wraps me up and I go flying up into the air like a mute bearded guy and then Terrence Stamp comes along and tells me to kneel before him and I do because it's Terrence fucking Stamp and I can't crush his fucking hand and then there's that weird chick with the pixie cut who looks kind of like Persis Kambata but she's got hair uh, I just referenced Persis Kambata hi this is the 80s Persis Kambata and Garfield you know what if Garfield met Persis Kambata that's the strip I want to see them draw go ahead Jim Davis you fuck or is Jim Davis going crazy? Don't, didn't all the 80s guys go crazy? I think uh, Berkeley Breath had came back and he was doing like Meadow Party with fucking uh, uh, Milo and Otis and those guys. Or not Milo and Otis. Otis and uh, and fucking uh, Bill the Cat and everybody. Used to be Bloom County. Uh, but then, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Calvin uh, and Hobbs. Watterson. Bill Watterson, is that his name? And he's uh, he disappeared. He was like, hey man, I'm only drawing as many guys. This is the, I'm done with Calvin and Hobbs forever. 
And then a bunch of would-be chakas went, well, that's okay. We'll just take your creation and make it piss on a car. And he's like, don't do that. That's copyright infringement. And they said, ha, ha, ha. He's not only pissing on a Honda. They should just, you know what? what? Here's what I say. Go ahead and make Calvin stickers where he's pissing. Not on a Ford, not on a Honda, not on a Chevy truck. Have Just have a picture of Calvin Hobbes and he's pissing on the word legacy. Have him do that. Could you do that? Could you make stickers of Bill Watterson's creation pissing on his own legacy as you guys have stolen it and pirated it and put it in every goddamn lowrider I see here in California and every fucking high rider and big fucking truck with giant wheels with truck nuts. Oh, truck nuts. Those are great, aren't they? Don't you love that? Who out there thought to themselves, man, this is a great truck. I only wish it had a scrotum. Oh, fuck. That's the only thing. This this badass truck. You know what? Because I got a fucking machine gun gray and I got some fucking green trim on the fucking uh, wheel wells. The only thing this thing is missing is like a big fucking scrotum. So everybody knows that I got a pair as if they couldn't be indicated that by their $48,000 truck that you fucking went ahead and purchased, you numbskull. Because um, that takes balls. I'll tell you what, to drop almost 50 grand on a goddamn truck when you live in the city, boy, oh boy. I'd say, you know what? Put a put a cooler in the back of that and a couple of kids. Hey, kids are going to the beach. Let's climb, climb into the Dodge 150 or the Ram, whatever the fuck, or the F-150 or the... I don't... Look, I don't speak truck. Get off my fucking back. Um... So here's the thing. I'm, pay- I'm trying to make up for the non-talking of yesterday with so much talking today and talking in a goddamn circle. And I will say this. I did try yesterday. Uh, I sat down and I launched. And are you tired of this? This is another thing. I need feedback from you guys because uh, I don't really need feedback from you guys because what the fuck are you going to do? Because uh, you know why? Here's the thing. Uh, you're all very nice to me. And that's super cool. And this is the weird line I walk. I'm like, hey, guys, give me feedback. So you're cool. And you're like, Mike, we like you. It doesn't matter when you put a show out. You're fucking awesome. We're here waiting. And I'm like, that's great. And then if one person goes, oh, you know, fuck, dude, you're supposed to put shows out on a Wednesday or a Thursday. I'm like, God damn it, who asked you? <laughs> well, I asked them. I asked you. That's who did. Uh, and, and it's just, I, I just find myself, because I, I, I was fine. Do it again. I was fine. It's this weird, and I've done shows in the past. I know of, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to conquer this. And I you know, maybe I'll get medicine. And who the fuck knows? But it's, uh, it's because I'm alone that I'm able to go ahead and talk myself out of doing the things that I have to do. And it's, I've, like I said, I talk to Shannon about it every goddamn Monday. And I'm learning how to parent myself and making myself responsible. I mean, I plan to go out grocery shopping this week. I didn't fucking do it. I, ju- I did another thing where I fucking hid for a week. I did it. I went out Monday. Monday was fine. I had to go down and visit. Uh, uh, all right, a lot of people have written me to ask me about my car. Because uh, I talked last week when I was in Arizona, which was fantastic. I'll tell you a little bit more about Arizona in a second, which was really great and fun. And I loved it. And I, you know, that's what I want to do every week. I just want to go to somebody's house and do the goddamn show. That's all. That would Because it would make me have to I guess we'll call it appointment podcasting. You know, there's a thing called appointment television where everybody gets scheduled to go ahead and watch the same thing. Like if you're all in it right now, if you're all out there going, oh man, we can't miss MASH, then you know you all got to gather together about 7.30 and watch it on MeTV because it's not carried on regular TV now. Hold on. Jesus Christ, that was weird. Oh man, okay. Uh, I had a weird chest surge there. It wasn't It wasn't like a hiccup, but it was like, it just, it was, it was... You know what? It, it was the it was the weird breathing equivalent of I, I think it was my body just going, hey, man, motherfucker, slow down and take a breath. That's exactly what it was, because it was like, have you ever seen? Uh, you know what that was? Holy fuck. That was the body breathing equivalent of the noise in law and order. When it goes because I was talking, all of a sudden, like my chest just went, it actually heaved like my chest heaved uh, as if there were an alien about to burst out of me and then slide across the table. And a wide eyed Yafit Koto here staring at me talking would have been even more wide eyed as he watched that thing disappear into my goddamn apartment. And I'll tell you what, if you're the alien, stay inside me, because if you burst out of me, first of all, I'm going to bleed out here in my goddamn apartment. But second of all, there's nowhere for you to go. How shitty is it for the alien here if he bursts out of me and he looks around and he goes, fuck, there's two rooms to hide in. <laughs> They're going to catch me in like fucking five seconds. Now, it's not like a whole spaceship. Aliens, stay on the spaceship. Stay in John Hurt's chest. Stay with Sigourney Weaver and fucking Lance Henriksen. Stay with Bishop and everybody else. That, and Because there's plenty of people to kill up in space. 
And I'll tell you this, it's even better for you because there nobody can hear you scream. I live in an ant farm. Everybody can hear me fucking scream. Uh, and by the way, I should tell you this. I'm recording this. It's, it's Thursday night. I actually, again, put it off and put it off all fucking day. I sat, I waited and I thought about it. I was like, going to do it. And it's just, it was just this, just getting myself to do it. And I know you don't want to hear that in your entertainers. I know you don't want to hear that in your fucking podcasters or your broadcasters. Like if there was a show where a guy, like I said, if there was a modern family episode where the cast was just sitting there one day and they went, man, we didn't feel like doing it this week. I mean, it was just a fucking drag. Uh, then I would understand it. You'd just be like, well, fuck you guys. And now look, hold on. Actually, if they did it once, there would be some novelty to it. You'd be like, oh, well, I get that, man. You needed a week off or whatever the fuck, but at least you've taken the time to come here and tell us. But, uh, you know, if you do it fucking eight, 10, fucking 15 times in a row, everybody finally goes, well, then maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you do do something else with your life. And I, and that's what I don't want. I don't want everybody kind of getting together with uh, pyres and torches. And, uh, I, well, that pyres, just one pyre. I guess they would have torches and then throw me into a pyre. Nobody's going to come after me with pyres. That's a slow chase. I got to be honest. If I'm running from you uh, and you're trying to catch me, just grab torches. Do not bring a pyre because if you bring several pyres, it's, I mean, bring one pyre, set it up, set up a pyre somewhere and, and get the torches. And then you bring me and you throw me into the pyre. And there you go. I get cooked and I go off to Valhalla or wherever the fuck uh, Vikings went. Isn't that a Viking funeral, the fire? Uh, or did you put me on the snake boat or not on a snake boat what is it like it's got a weird fucking dragon head like if there's a giant look i don't watch game of thrones or whatever the fuck uh although i do have dragon energy i think you can tell that i've definitely got plenty of dragon energy see that's the thing man uh yesterday i when i was going to be talking and open up the microphones and discuss things i was like it, and i and it's so stupid that again because you hear me now and I'm just talking downhill and you're like well mike why didn't you just fucking do this yesterday i don't know i can't fucking explain to you why i couldn't i did i tried I did a 13-minute chunk and bailed on it. I did an eight-minute chunk and I bailed on it. And it's just that thing where you get into your fucking own head where you just go, nah, nobody likes this. Nah, this isn't any good because I, nobody here to tell me if it's good or it isn't good. Uh, but that's never stopped me another week and I'm putting out bad shows all the fucking time. And you guys afterward, the fact, because I mean, I don't hear from anybody. I put out a show and everybody just kind of listens and then I just go, oh man, I must have sucked because nobody said anything. Um, because again, they don't want to hear me talking in fucking circles about how bad it is. Because again, you've got jobs, man. You're fucking, you guys are out there, you're working in offices, you're blue-collar people, you're white-collar people. You're, I got cops who listen to this fucking show and they're putting their lives on the fucking line. I got guys who work in real offices with real jobs. I have people who work retail. I have people who are lawyers. I have all these badass people who are doing really fucking jobs out there. And the last thing you want to hear me is me whining about having to talk one fucking show a week. And, uh, and I get that. So I try to fucking shelve that. I try to shelve that instinct. But then when I come to the microphone to go ahead and talk about it, I'm like, well, these people are my friends. They don't mind if they hear me bitch, but you don't want to fucking subscribe to a guy who bitches all the goddamn time. You go listen to the Sklar brothers. Talk to that fake Mark Wahlberg dude. Uh, what's his name? Van Dyke, Van Dyne. I don't know. I did the show with them once. I was on Sclarborough Country one time, and then I was banned. I was I was kicked out of Sclarborough Country. Uh, I should contact them. I should contact everybody because that's another thing, dudes. I sit in the house and I think to myself, well, you know, fuck, man, this is kind of a thing. It's so you're standing still because I that's the thing that hits me, man. That. Uh, I guess we'll call it a midlife crisis, even though I'm 50, so I'm a two-thirds life crisis. I got no, there's no way I got another 50 left on this planet. I got 25 tops. That's what I always say all the time. I got 25 left. I want to make them as good as possible. And then what do I do? I sit in my goddamn house and I watch Forged in Fire for a day. And that's not even a joke. Like I fucking, there's a, there's a show. I'm hooked on it now. And fucking Mex told me about it like a year and a half ago. I was at his house and he showed me it and I'm like, this fucking show is brilliant. And, uh, and then I came to my house. This is totally true. I subscribed to it immediately on my DVR and I taped like 30 of them. I don't even know how fucking many and, and then never watched them. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to have time to watch that. I'm never going to do this. I'm not going to do that, but never underestimate the power of wanting to waste time. Folks never underestimate the power of always looking for something else to do rather than work. I am a guy. I will find anything to do. I will, I will take up crocheting. I will clean. I will clean my house before. 
before I do my fucking show. That's when on the weeks I don't want to do a show. The weeks where I want to sit down and do a goddamn show, then I sit down and I bust it out. I go to Zach's house last week. Forget it. I'm in Arizona. I sit at that fucking uncomfortable table with that uncomfortable chair, and then he's sitting there as he laughs and he watches the Arizona Diamondbacks game half the fucking time, and I bust out a fucking show because it's great. I love doing that. Um, but then I come home here and I convince myself, again, it's that fucking thing where I just go, nah, it's not good. So then I look for anything else to do now because, again, Monday I went out. I had to go up because I had to get my oil changed because I've been driving. I've dr- Dudes, dudes. I've driven like 5,000 miles this month. How fucking crazy is that? 5,000 miles. Uh, and so I needed an oil change in a month or whatever the fuck because uh, the light comes on. And it's like, hey, maintenance required. I'm like, all right, I got to go fucking do that. And then Monday when I go out to go because uh, I had to go to the gym. I, I'm back in the gym. I wasn't in the gym for two fucking weeks because John went to Japan. And then I said to myself, well, fuck, I'm not going to. I would love to go because, again, I, I don't care for myself. I don't self-parent. I don't self-care because he was gone for two weeks. I got to go on every fucking day. I can go now. I can stop this broadcast right now. Go to the 24-hour gym. Fuck, I could go outside and walk. I can do anything. It's exercising because I've talked to you before. I love standing in the sun with sweat dripping down my face knowing I've accomplished something and yet, and yet, and yet that first step out of your goddamn apartment is the big one, right? Isn't that the, the, the rough one? When you wake up and you go, well, I just got, you know what? I just got to throw on shorts and a shirt, socks and my gym shoes and then just fucking out at the goddamn door. That's all you got to do. Just put one foot in front of the other and pretty soon you're walking across the floor and just you and the bumble are out there doing fucking curls. But the problem is I don't have a bumble. When John's out of town, I got nobody to answer to. So that just puts me in fucking complete shutdown mode, man. If I got nobody to answer to, then there's no reason to do it. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, don't you answer to Max? And Max is thinking to himself, Mike, don't you answer to fucking Max? And it's like, yes, I do. But it's different because he's not here. So I don't have to look him in the face and go, ah, I can't do this. Or I, I, I want to meet him and see him and talk to him and do that kind of thing. I know it sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds foolish uh, because I'm a child. I want I want a cookie. I'm a pet. I'm a little puppy. I want a reward. I want, I want to be funny and get laughs. And somebody hands me a cracker. Like if you had a parrot and it did a million fucking tricks and you never get a cracker, it would just fucking die. It would totally die without crackers. I need crackers, motherfuckers. That's what I need, man. So when I do this show in the fucking void of my apartment and just sitting here in silence and talking, there's nobody there. I think to myself, well, man, fuck, I need a cracker. There's nobody to give me crackers. So that's why I'm going to go see Zach or I go see uh, the Jesuit or I go see Justin and I go see these people that are recording their, in their hotel rooms or their houses. It's fucking great. I go with Max. We have fun. We have rapport. We go back and forth. We banter. He's holding a guitar half the fucking time and not listening to anything I say, but still it's fun. It's so different. It's a different atmosphere. Like when I had a producer and there was a lady in here who would go ahead and listen to me and fucking do the thing where she actually paid attention and thought I was funny. That was fucking great. I loved it because again, I'm a child and I need attention. And this bleeds into my real life. You know what I mean? It's like I, uh, you know, when I was lost a ton of weight, I went and lifted. It was because I had a girl that I wanted to do that for. And then when she disappeared, I'm like, well, fuck, why do I need to do this? But you know why? So you don't fucking die. It's you do it for yourself. You take some pride in yourself. You pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Hold on. First of all, you go buy boots. Go get some boots uh, and shop. Please shop for your boots. And I'll tell you this. Look, if I'm buying boots, they're not going to have straps. Who the fuck am I? Fucking uh, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker? I'm not buying a fucking boot with straps. I'm just buying goddamn boots. No straps on my boots. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not even buying boots. I'm buying straps. I'm going to pull myself up by the straps, motherfuckers. I'm going to start dressing like fucking uh, Charles Durning in, in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm going to have a big fucking button shirt and those like fucking... You ever see fat guys put on suspenders? Oh my God, what a what a... A hold your breath moment that is when they have to pull them up over their fat shoulders and then they snap them down and it bites into the flesh oh my god that's who I want to be I just want to become old Pappy McDaniel and I'm going to sell you biscuit mix and wear fucking suspenders that cut into my back fat oh yeah that's my life that's who I'm going to be damn it that's the thing I need to do with myself I need to find a goal and if I want to be old Pappy McDaniel who sells you biscuit mix and has fucking suspenders cut into my back fat that should be the thing to do that should be the guy uh, I should be that guy. We should be that guy. Let's be that together. You know what? Why don't you guys be the convicted guys who just escaped? And uh, and you you get you. I'll sell you a dozen hairnets. Let's do that. I'll sell you a dozen hairnets. <sighs> 
started to do a little uh, manic. I'm talking like Kanye West tweets. I, uh, fuck, that guy. Because you know what I planned on doing this week, dudes? I planned on doing like a Prince show. Like, I, I even told David about it. He was like, uh, because he, uh, whatever, I, uh, it's been two years since Prince died. Uh, check that. It's actually been 17,520 hours and five whole days since uh, he took his love away from us. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I was bummed, man. Like, it hit me kind of hard. And so I went into a Prince YouTube hole over the past weekend, and I was finding all these great clips. I found this clip of him on stage just playing bass with a band. Like, I didn't even know who the fuck it was with. I think it was with uh, uh, Larry Parker, I think. Uh, yeah, the, the lawyer in California. I forget who the fuck it was with. However, he just shows up. And he's in a fucking do-rag. And, and my favorite thing is when Prince just shows up. He doesn't really just show up. I mean, he's still wearing the vest and the boots and all that kind of crazy shit. Because he's Prince. You think Prince is going to show up in sweatpants and a fucking Jacksonville Jaguars t-shirt? That's not going to happen. He's going to come out and wear the fucking Prince clothes. Even if he shows up at the venue in sweatpants and a Jacksonville Jaguars t-shirt, which I would kill to see Prince wearing, he still sends out for a vest and boots. And you think there are straps on those goddamn boots? Absolutely not, for fuck's sake. He's just, he, he buys boots, but he buys boots. He doesn't fuck with straps. Because I said I would just buy straps. He buys goddamn boots. You know what I think of buying straps besides thinking about fat guys with suspenders? You know what I think of? Old-timey barbershops where they, 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 like, sharpen the razor on that fucking leather strap that they had hanging off the goddamn chair. Oh, that's fucking perfect. Uh, I need an old-time barber chair in my house. Fuck a stripper pole. I need a barber chair. That's how old I am. <laughs> my libido my libido can be contained within a barber chair and a chick can climb on me there and just grind her fucking pussy into my goddamn lap. Um... Hi, I need to get laid. Uh, I need to do something. I, like, I actually considered that. I'm like, hey, maybe I should put my pro- profile on Bumble. And then I was, I think I talked about that on here on the show, where I was like, ah, you know, because I mean, fuck. I, 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 this is a dumb thing I did. Like, it was Randy's birthday last week, and I sent her a present, and I'm just like, hey, come see me sometime, because I'm like so fucking un- annoyingly weird and desperate because I got nothing else going on. And she's just like, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is weird. Leave your exes alone, stupid. Uh, and then she wasn't even an ex. We just kind of dated. It was fun. Uh, but she was told, uh, fuck, don't stop. All right. So here's the thing. What was I talking about? Prince. Uh, so I, I was talking to Max and I'm like, dude, I want to do a show where I talk about the fact it's been two years. And I actually considered playing like the old Prince show that I, we, he and David and I did when he died. And we sat down and we did kind of a retrospective. And we talked about what he meant to us and things. And then uh, David was like, well, don't don't fucking put up a rerun show. And I'm like, he's right, because uh, Geo says the same thing. He's like, man, those you know people don't want to fucking hear the reruns, especially now that they're on YouTube. There's no specialness to them anymore because you can go on YouTube and find them in a fucking click of nine mice. Uh, three, nine mice, click nine mice, see how you, f- the show, see all the shows. And then you go listen to them right now. And then you'll think to yourself, he's a, a that guy talks too much. All right. So, uh, so here's the deal, folks. I, I talked to uh, fucking, here's the deal. Stop at that fucking reset. God damn it. I got to stop it. Didn't I call that? Uh, what, I called a show that a couple of weeks ago. Fuck. I, 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 I verbal placeholder suck. But then again, when you're talking so much, you got to fucking figure out something to do. And let me tell you something else, by the way. I, I got to go ahead. And I'm going to mention this right now. Uh, I'm really fucking good at this. I'm really good at the talking part. It, once I'm into it and I'm sitting here talking to you guys about this stuff, then I think to myself, "Hey, man, I'm really good, and nobody else can fucking do this." But that's a lie. Everybody else can fucking do this. But the point is, uh, I I just ah, fuck. I'll get to that in a second. All right. So here's the thing, Prince. Uh, I wanted to do like a kind of a retrospective and talk about him and, th- and things that he meant to me. Cause like I said, I went down this YouTube hole. I'm watching a Super Bowl halftime show and he's fucking brilliant in the rain. And I, and also dudes, I could have gone to that fucking show. Do you remember that? 
I was on Never Not Funny at the time the Bears were in the Super Bowl in 2006, and I was planning on going because I had money. I was writing on a show. It wasn't that the heyday. Wasn't that when things were great 12 years ago when it looked like I was going to be fucking somebody? Uh, I was on Never Not Funny. I was doing fine. I was a third chair, second banana, whatever the fuck you want to call me. But that's okay because in the rest of the week, I was writing for fucking four grand a week working at a goddamn animal show telling you about dogs that barked into a swimming pool and ruined a wedding by jumping into a fucking cake. Ah, oh, look, there's, there's nothing better. There's nobody on earth who can write a joke about a snake in a drain pipe like me. I'm all about the snake in the drain pipe. Uh, I don't want, I don't care about the banana and the tailpipe because I did not, I did not work for funniest vegetables and fruits. I worked for funniest pets and people. And that's how I can tell you about a snake in a goddamn tail or a drain pipe. Uh, so I, uh, fuck what was I saying? So I went to this, so I was going to go to the Super Bowl that year in 2006 and I called Dennis, my buddy, evil Dennis. Cause he's the, he was my friend who had money and time. Uh, my other friends are just kind of like, nah, whatever. We have families. We can't do that. I got a kid. You expect me to fly to Florida at the drop of a fucking hat? Cause that's a thing, man. I can do anything. I keep telling myself that too. It's that thing where I talk with Shannon and she's like, you know, you can do anything with your life right now. Like you're, you're just you just go be you. But I have so much, I just, I, you know what I do? I fucking just inject poison into me. I just, I, I, I continuously cycle poison through my veins. It's my own fucking choice. I do it on purpose. I don't know why I do it to hold myself back in some fucking weird way or whatever the fuck it is. We're still trying to find the motivation behind that. Also, I didn't see Shannon Monday. You think that's probably why I put and delayed the show this week. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to be a basket case guy. Like Howard Stern, I found out goes to therapy like three or four times a week. What the fuck? I mean, after 35 years, who are you talking about? What are you, what could you possibly be still trying to fix? And then that's terrifying because that means fuck. And look, but then I've been going for four years and I go once every week, but three or four times a week, wouldn't you think the doubling and tripling up? Cause I will tell you this though. I remember when shit really hit the fucking fan from here. Sometimes I would call Shannon and go, Hey, can I see you on Wednesday? Like in addition to Monday and she'd let me come in. But then in my head, I go, well, am I just doing a show for her? Am I just coming in and just fucking blabbing because I wanted to talk because I like talking because I got used to that being my life. Um, but I don't know, but then I got to question it. So I've, I've actually put myself on a fucking like I, I won't do that anymore I don't make my, I will never ask to see her twice in a week because in my head I go what the fuck are you doing man you can go ahead and fucking solve this because that's another thing is I'm fucking self-aware and I know all the things that I got to fix I just got to fix them but seeing her twice in a fucking week isn't helping me fix them I'm just going in there and fucking talking it's like it's it's like jerking off I guess technically it's like jerking off your brain going in and talking to a therapist you know what I mean and then you're fucking it's it's 45 minutes of jerking off and then five minutes of like you finish and then you just give her a check and you fucking bail uh, and I, and that sounds rude to Shannon. I don't want to say it like that. I'm talking about for me. Cause it's just, I'm still learning. I'm digging a lot. I think in the last four years, I've really learned a lot about myself and I've also changed. That's another thing about this show. Cause I mean, I used to be like a, a you know, a, a fucking, a, a walking fire alarm. Like I'm ready to go off at any moment. I'd be in a fucking, you'd know that there'd be stories about me in a parking garage or anywhere ready to fucking lose my mind. Uh, and, and I, I'm not so much that anymore. I've tried to let the rage go. I've tried to just fucking, and I've become, you know, I've, I've actually become, I've, I've given advice to friends, like, and I've told them things and, and people have been very nice. You guys have been out there and you've sent me books. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Some people are sending me some nice things. Um, but I, I try to find myself in a different, in a different place. So like in two, but in 2006, when I was trying to contact David or uh, Max or Dennis, I'm, I'm like, fuck dude, let's go to the fucking, uh, let's go to the Super Bowl. Let's do this. We can go to do this. I, I wanted to do it. By the way, I was married at that time. I never even considered bringing Karen. Never, not once. That's how fucking terrible a husband I was. I was going to go to the Super Bowl and see Prince at the halftime show and leave my wife at home because I was a fucking genius. Hey, and she actually stuck around for seven more years after that. Can you believe that? Why? No one knows. I have no fucking idea. I stole her life. I, there's a song by Kiss called I Stole Your Love. I stole Karen's life. Uh, hi, I deal with that every Monday. And I have to talk about that fucking guilt that tears me fucking apart. But it shouldn't. Uh, but then there's other things that happen too. And I wind up dealing with those. And then I keep, again, I just, I want to get past them. But yet I put poison in my fucking body. But 
Uh, but now that's all over. Now that I'm Pappy McDaniel or Hattie, McGa- Hattie McDaniel, that's who I am. <laughs> I'm the fucking black chick from Gone with the Wind. That's who I am. I'll, ma- I'll whip you up a goddamn plate of jambalaya and just go, yeehaw, or whatever the fuck she said in the kitchen. Uh, hi. All right, so here's the deal. I was talking about the Super Bowl the back then that I wanted to go. Oh, it's a prince because I wanted to fucking go, and, and I didn't go. Like, Dennis, I was like, because I was ready to pay anything and not take my wife. I was, but I was still ready to pay any dollar amount at all and not take my wife. But I said, to, I'm like, Dennis, we got to go to this. We need to do it. And finally, it was Dennis who went, ah, dude, I, you know, I can't shell out that kind of dough. Because, I mean, hotel rooms would have been like a thousand bucks. And then and then the fucking tickets, we would have tried to dug them on the, on the secondary market. And then there was the Bears, so people were really buying up all the goddamn tickets. Nah, no Colts fans, because, again, they, they don't have any money. It's Indianapolis. They got no cash, right, Heidi? Hi, that's my friend Heidi. <laughs> <clears throat> Hold on, I'm sorry. I got that weird catch thing in my throat again. Uh, so, so I, 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 so I watched the fucking thing on YouTube, and I'm like, God damn it! I could have been there. I could have been there in the driving rain to see the Bears lose and Prince win. That would have been fucking amazing. Because I'm still to walked out of there going, Hey, Prince was amazing. I would have been pissed that the Bears fucking lost because you can't waste fucking magic. Especially you can't waste a two touchdown. They were up fourteen. They were up seven nothing in a second. Literally in four seconds, they led that game seven or nothing. Then they had a fucking defensive breakdown. I can't even remember what def- was it. Daniel Manning. I don't even know who the fuck it was. Who uh, it wasn't Chris Harris. I don't know. Some somebody fucked up and let Reggie Wayne catch like a seventy-one yard touchdown pass after the, after they had because again magic. Hester returns the opening kickoff for a fucking touchdown. You're up seven or nothing. And the funny part to me is like David when I talk to him, I'm like, well, they went to the fucking Super Bowl and he's he's pissed. He's like, I would have rather didn't even go to fucking Super Bowl if they lost because now they have a blemish on their Super Bowl record, which is my favorite way to ever look at it he's like yeah in the all-time super bowls now they're one and one so what they're fucking 500 and i'm like well they got to a super bowl it was fucking amazing he's like yeah it doesn't matter if you lose it doesn't fucking matter uh because david's very old or nothing especially when it comes to goddamn sports like i try to tell him to watch the bulls now he's like fuck no like is he, he david feels and i think i can speak for him because he's not here and so i'm going to speak for him fucking anyway he watched the bulls with jordan he saw the bulls win six titles so he's like, what the fuck else could I possibly watch the Bulls for? Like, what, where, where could they, where could they take me that the best player in the world uh, took me? Where could they, could they take me past that? And I'm like, no, it's, it's kind of like you know, now you start over and you start from the bottom and you look at these teams and you're just like, I don't give a fuck. Why the fuck would I start from the bottom? I saw the best. I saw the best in the world. There's no reason, which is weird because he's not like that with the Bears. Like he watches the Bears every week. Uh, he loves watching the uh, the Cubs. You know what I mean? He still watches the Blackhawks now, even though they fucking went in the shitter this year. But he, uh, I'm sorry, I get something wrong with my sinuses as I'm trying to talk to you guys. I, it's weird. It's like breath is trying to come out of my head in different ways. Hold on. All right, I, I, and it's so funny. I should just stop and edit the fucking show and put it in another goddamn track. But it took so fucking long for me to sit down here, and uh, it took so long to bake it that I, I have I cannot stop and fake it, and I'll never have this show recipe again. So I have to go ahead and just talk fucking downhill. That's another thing. I made the show work. So then I'm like, ah, fuck, if I do a show and I got to stop talking and then I go ahead and build it and then there's editing tab. I, I just, I turned it because I just, when I could just come in and talk, wee, it was so fun. That was great. I've talked to you guys about this before, but the fact now that I'm fucking de facto producer and everybody else and editor and all those other things, I'm just like, ah, I don't want to stop because then I got to edit the fucking show because that's more work for me later, which is the dumbest fucking thing in the world because you know what? That's what the goddamn show is. Put it out there. You don't fucking get the one take Jake everything and be perfect. Cause I, I'm so proud of myself when I one take Jake a fucking show. I'm just like, man, it was two hours of me fucking not even stopping. Well, maybe if you would have stopped the show, it would have been better. If you would have taken a breath or something like that or sipped something and people wouldn't have heard garbage in your mouth, your fucking sinuses wouldn't have been freaking out like they are right now, which I, I just want to fucking, I just want to knock back a clam. I'm not going to lie to you guys. There's something lurking inside my sinuses and I just want to fucking barrel it down my throat uh, and, and then launch it. I just want to launch a clam. That's what I want to do, folks. I want to loogie it out. But I know you don't want to hear that on the microphone, do you? Maybe you do. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, I hope Michael rip off a fucking sinus chainsaw. That'll be fantastic. If there's any sort of way we can get him to bl- bang a mollusk back into his throat and then fucking cough it up that'd be huge uh but i will not i will pass on the chainsaw i will pass on the mollusk i will pass on the clam pask 
Arg, gersk, a pesk of the clams, gersk. Uh, <laughs> so, I fall down a YouTube uh, hole with Prince, and I watch the Super Bowl show, and I'm depressed, because again, like I said, I'm not depressed, I don't want to, that's another thing, I don't want to even fucking call it that, because that's a, that's a cheat. There's real people that are really depressed out there. They're sad, and they're like, you know, they're moping around, and they got, you know, they got to take pills and shit, and I don't want to be that guy, but like, I'm also depressed, because it's just, fuck. I, all I, you know what, I just want a dog. I need a dog and sunshine. That's what I need to do. I need to go outside and play. That's what I need. If I could just do that, I need some vitamin D. And I don't mean dick. I mean some just some fucking, like, rays from the sun. That's what I need. Although I could use some vitamin P. And I think you know what I'm talking about there, baby. Uh, as I branched in, I was talking about Bumble. Wasn't I doing that thing? Uh, because I was like, because in my head I was like, hey, man, I would love to meet somebody and, like, go out and maybe have a drink or, or just anything to go talk or fucking relax. Or, and, look, do I want to bury my face between somebody's legs? Of course I do. But still, at the same time, that's not how it starts. It starts with you meeting somebody. And you have, uh, you buy him a gimlet or a wine or a Rob Roy or one of those other drinks that I have always my fucking go-to drink. I get him a nice uh, scotch and soda. I get him something that's neat or on ice or whatever. Cause, and also, you get people your age. I don't want to date some fucking, uh, you know, 10-year-old. How fucking terrible would that be? But, by the way, a 10-year-old would be awful. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That would be super terrible. Uh, but don't you think you got Well, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about age. I want to meet somebody who's fucking cool. And I don't want to meet anybody. Though. That's the thing. Because I'm not in any position to fucking meet anybody. I'm, I'm sitting here. I got mismatched couches and chairs. I got a fucking, you know, I got a fucking sleigh bed, which is awesome. But still, I sit here and I don't do the fucking work I'm supposed to do. I'm a 50-year-old Uber driver. I'm going to fucking go ahead and meet some girl and go, hey, how you doing? Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm very successful. IRA? I, I would have no idea what that is. Is that uh, like... Uh, it's an, oh, oh, a retirement. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I technically, I retired when I got out of high school. Uh, did I graduate high school? I didn't. No, what, where are you going? Hold on. I guess I'll get this. <laughs> I'll pick up this check. Take care. Fuck. Nobody wants to meet me. And that's another thing too. Anybody who fucking finds me on a goddamn app, they can Google. Cause I mean, I, I know Googling, Googling people is a big deal now. So you got to Google people and find out if they're a danger, which totally makes sense. I think that's great. I think you should be able to find out if someone's a danger before you go out with them. However, if you Google me, you're going to find fucking 12 years of my life on YouTube. And then you're going to go, ah, this guy almost punched an old man in a Trader Joe's. I don't know if I want to go out with this guy because they're not going to listen to the rest of the shows and hear that I've changed my game in four years. Hey, this guy, wait a minute, this fucking guy, hold on. Did he? This can't be serious. Like, he went to a strip club with his ex-wife and he had Amber Lynn on top of him and he talked to her through her legs? That seems like a fucking thing that I probably don't want to go out with. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole thing I don't want to unpack. But it made for a great story. It was totally fun at the time and it was totally funny. And Karen was on board with that, says the guy who wasn't going to take her to the Super Bowl. I'm sure she was on board with that too. Why? Because I didn't, what am I going to do? I didn't care if she was on board with anything because I was a terrible fucking husband. Uh, just bad. Just, a, just not a good, that was not that. And, I, and then I tried, and then I went the other way. I did a complete 180 and tried to be the best boyfriend in history and, and then be whatever I could be to try to fucking salvage anything I could salvage. And uh, that didn't work either. Hi. Um, but I've changed. I've brought it all around. I, I've, I find myself in a completely different headspace these days. And that's a lie. I mean, I, I mean, I am in a different headspace. I don't know if it's a good headspace. I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be. I don't know if I'm doing good things. But that's the thing is I'm supposed to take care of myself, man. And I'm not. Well, I mean, I am, but I'm not. I didn't go to the gym for two weeks because John wasn't here because, I got, again, I got nobody to answer to. Uh, because I'm, I still have that little child inside me who's like, wee, nobody can make me do anything. Wee, this is great. Wee. And there's no, no, wee, no, yay, no, fuck that. And then in my head, I'm like, well, you should cook. What if you cooked a pork chop for yourself? I told you I was making eggs. Fuck yawn, fuck. 
I was making angst for myself and I was so proud of myself. I was going to the gym and I was so proud of myself. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to shed this. And I t- even Monday when John got back from Japan, we got to the gym on Monday and I'm like, all right, man, this is going to be the uh, first day of my rest of my life. I had a candy bar and I had a bag of fucking like peanut butter trail mix and I brought them and handed them to him. I go here, take these. He's like, I'm proud of you. Good. I go, all right, well, let's, let's fucking make this happen. So that was Friday. So then I should have gone and done cardio on Tuesday. I'm sorry. That was Monday. It's a goddamn sinus. Sorry. Uh, so then Tuesday, uh, I was going to get up and do cardio. Oh, so I just talk about the fucking car. Fuck. So Monday, again, to talk about what a good, I had a good day Monday. I went out, I went to see John, we lifted and then I, and there was no Shannon. So instead I made an appointment to go bring my car in to dive. I had to go see Dave to take care of my car. This guy was sure it was about a wallaby. He had to take care of a kangaroo first. Uh, but I brought in my car to see Dave. And then I told Dave, I go, hey, I don't know if you know this happened. But uh, last week, somebody fucking hit me with their car. And then she ran away and drove off into the distance. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with people? I said, exactly. And then he told me a story about a homeless guy who showed up and tried to start a fight. Literally just walked onto his, uh, onto his property. No car. Like, and just, and literally pushed a mechanic, a homeless guy. And he was trying to start a fight. And then he got, and David, or Dave, I should say, he's Dave. He's Australian Dave. And then there's Art David. There's Max. Uh, Art David. Isn't Art David? That's like a name of a guy. I went to, actually, I went to sixth grade with a guy named Art Gerard. I was friends with Art Gerard. And Rich Knudsen and Sam Rodriguez and Antonio Carrasco. I was friends with all of them. Uh, Palmer's going to know them. <laughs> Scott Palmer. <laughs> Scott Palmer's a guy that, uh, well, I, I talked about him a couple of weeks ago and he's very mad at me today. He just posted on my Facebook. He's like, Mason Reese, you fuck. Uh, and he didn't look like Mason Reese, really. I was just having fun. Uh, but also that shows from like two years ago and he finally just listened to it. He's so far behind. All of you are so far behind. So that's why by the time you get to this show, I'll be dead. So I guess I shouldn't really worry about it. By the time you get to this show, you'll be like, oh, this was the warning signs show that we should have listened to before he fucking offed himself, before he jumped off of a goddamn cliff with a purple cape on and holding a symbol. Uh, what if I did? What if I just fucking, I, I went to a fucking guy who just designs knives because I thought, oh, Forged in Fire. Fuck. All right. I'll talk about that in a second. So what if I just went to a guy, one of the Forged in Fires guys, and I made them make me a sharp print symbol and then I just rammed it through my heart. That's how I killed myself. Uh, because again, like I said, I wanted to do a Prince show this week. I so wanted to fucking talk about him and reminisce and talk about those things. And I went down this YouTube hole because there he was at the Super Bowl and he was doing that fucking badass thing. And then I watched him at Coachella and he's doing Creep and other fucking songs. And then, uh, you know, I have bootlegs of him. I have a million bootlegs that I think was John Freeman uh, gave me. John, who's a listener, who was a listener. I haven't heard from him in a million years, but uh, he was a listener for a very long time. And uh, then he sent me a million Prince CDs. Like, like I, it was just the weirdest thing. You guys have been so fucking kind to me. Uh, and you send me things and it's just so fucking great. And I do appreciate it very much. But it's like, it's, it's, I forget. So the other day I stumbled onto the box of fucking Prince uh, bootlegs. There's got to be like 30. And it's stuff from, you know, it's stuff ranging from concerts to him rehearsing in a studio. And uh, one of the things that led me to think about this was also, like I said, it was just the, the two year anniversary of his death. But then I'm sure you saw that his estate released uh, a video of Prince doing nothing compares to you. And I sent it to David. I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. And, and uh, you know, because the video is it's not him. It's the vocal track of him singing nothing compares to you, which he wound up giving to Sinead O'Connor. But, uh, but the video is him rehearsing for the purple rain tour and him dancing in a fucking studio with the revolution. And, and you just see how transitory he was. You just see how fucking incredible he was along with listening to how great he is. Now I'll tell you this. Um, there was a band, you know, Prince has had all those offshoot bands. Like, uh, you know, there's, it's time to punch your clock. Vanity, vanity six is so sweet. Now you can all take a bite of my purple rock. One of the bands from his purple rock was the family. And that was uh, Susanna Melvoin, who was Wendy's sister. And then uh, I don't even know the fuck. I can't remember the dude's name. He was just, he looked like, 
He looks like the guy from ABC, like Martin from ABC. But their cover is a very uh, old school, old age, black and white romantic photo of the two of them with their cheeks against one another. Very classic photo. And uh, it's a fucking badass album. If you don't have that album, you got to find the family album. And if you want to contact me, well, fuck, I can't be that guy. I'm giving away the Holland album to everybody and everybody hated it. So uh, fuck you. Find the family on your own. But the family album was great. It had the screams of passion and stuff when it came out. I think it came out in 85. But he had them record nothing because they were, they were, again, it was just, it was just Prince. I mean, Prince wrote all the fucking songs as far as I know. He, he might have even played all the instruments. And then he just had fucking Susanna and, and the, the fake Martin go ahead and sing the songs. The Screams of Passion is a badass song and stuff like that. There's, it's just really good. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's a Prince album that wasn't a Prince album. But they did Nothing Compares to You. Now, their version of Nothing Compares to You is essentially the same version that the estate just released, but it's with Prince's vocals. So then I sent it to David and he's just like, this is the same phrasing and everything from the family's version. And I'm like, well, yes, I know. But it's Prince singing it, so it's that much better. I mean, look, I like the family's version. It's fucking great, and I love that album, and it was really good. But this is Prince in full, you know, 1984 vocal, at the peak of his powers, doing Nothing Compares to You, which we have not heard. Because, again, the times he does it on stage, I think it's on the, the Greatest Hits album, uh, he lets the, the backup singer sing it. I forget her name. Fuck. Of course I, I of course I forget her fucking name. But she, she came out, and she took the vocal on it, because once Sinead did it, he kind of let the females sing it. Even I saw him live. I saw him live here three times in L.A., and they... He wound up doing it, I think, one of the shows. And the backup singer sang it. And I'm like, all right, fucking fine. But I would have loved to hear Prince sing it. And then, sure enough, there comes the video. And they're like, hey, guess what? Here's Prince. And he's singing it. And I'm like, god damn, that's fucking perfect. Because it was great. But again, I will tell you this. I wound up getting... Uh, you know, you know, because I wanted to look at it and be and be rejuvenated. I wanted to see it and marinate it. I wanted to be. I wanted to enjoy it and love it and go. This is Prince. This is everything. This is a guy that I loved forever. And uh, and I was going to reminisce. And I, I had a cute idea where I'm like, I'm going to put in all of his th- song titles because I did that with Bowie when Bowie died. I just brought. I put about like 20 song titles in the in the narrative of the show. So I was going to like even even yesterday when I opened the show when I was doing the fucking recordings that I wanted deleting. I'm just like, hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast? Let's go crazy, folks. Let's let's work. Let's do a show. Let's let's reach for the purple banana they put us in the truck like all that kind of I was like trying to work those things in and I'm going I and and then I went this isn't disingenuous and foolish because it just made me sad it made me sad to think of Prince it made me sad to celebrate him it made me sad and I it shouldn't you know I should be still I should be able to look back on him fondly but though the fact that he was only what was he 57 or 56 when he died I mean that's just fucking terrible it's it's like uh <laughs> this will sound like a stupid thing but I watched Andre the Giant's documentary on HBO. Uh, they had a special like HBO weekend on my fucking thing. So I said, all right, well, I got to tape that. And I, I, I watched that and I'm sobbing at the end of it. I'm just, I'm sobbing because this is a guy who literally, and again, he's not Prince. We're not, Andre the Giant and Prince could not be more different. Literally, Andre the Giant could have picked Prince up by his ankles, put him in his mouth and pulled out fish bones. That's how fucking the, the, the disparity in size, the, the, how weird they were with talent. I mean, certainly they're, they're not even the same planet, same sport. I get it. However, in my current fragile state, I looked at them as tragedies because they died young with so much more to offer to people. Now, whether it was Prince and his vaults and his future music that he would write and his performing skills, or it was Andre the Giant and his just being able to walk into a room and seeing the sheer joy of people on their faces when he would arrive because he was such a different thing than they'd ever seen before in their lives. And I was lucky enough to see both Prince and Andre the Giant. Again, not at the same time. You know how I always talk about I want to be just me with a dog on my shoulder, I want to travel to and fro, and I want to just go ahead and get adventures? What if Andre the Giant did that with Prince? <laughs> now that I think about it. 
how great would that have been? He's just in his Fezzik the Giant suit, and Prince is dressed in a little matching Fezzik the Giant suit, just sitting perched on his shoulder. And they go off, and, and, and every time Prince says something in his little Prince voice, and Andre the Giant rhymes it back, just like Fezzik did. <laughs> It'd be great. Um... But it made me sad. It made me sad to watch that documentary. And I'm sorry. This is the craziest thing. And I'm sure it was just because it reminded me of, of being small and being a young person and all these things. I cried at the fucking end of the Hogan Andre match because they talked about the buildup. And I, I will say this too, just like I said about the Ric Flair documentary and the Andre the Giant documentary. They look. They did a fantastic job in both those documentaries. Whoa, hold on. That was the fucking glass on my table. It didn't break. Um. But, but they did a great job with both of those documentaries, but they're both 90 minutes long and they both could have been five hours. I would watch them talk about Andre the Giant. I would watch them do, doing background and interviews and things like that and watch them about flair. I, would, I, would, I am fascinated by those lives because again, you know, I, I sit here and I bitch and I'm like, ah, God damn it. It's so hard to do a show once a week. And I, I, don't, I don't feel that way really. I mean, I get myself in my brain where I'm just like, because again, we've hit the ground running here. And when I'm doing what I'm doing and I fucking get past the mental block, I'm fucking fine. And I've, the mental block has only recently arrived. It's just beginning again. I've explained why it's because I'm alone and who the fuck cares. You don't. But the point is, I, I think to myself, my God, you know, because as you know, I, I put myself on a fucking cross and I'm like, you should be so much more than you are. And it embarrasses me to watch the one man. And I, I used to close the one man with the epilogue and I'd be like, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've tasted a life wasted. Well, can I escape it? I don't know, but I want to try. But have I tried really in the last six years? I don't know if I have. Not as certainly not as though the way that I should have. Uh, I, I wound up. Uh, I thought I did. I thought I was I was in a relationship that was going to last forever. And I was excited about that. And then that knocked my fucking dick in the dirt. And I, I won't lie to you. That still fucks my head up. Uh, but that's me. I've allowed myself to let myself get fucked up that way. Uh, but then I see guys like, you know, Prince, Prince. He oozed creativity. That's all he did. I mean, just watching that rehearsal tape, I was like, that's exhausting. Like, I can't even imagine the rehearsing of that. You know, when I did the one man, I I wrote it. I think back to my work ethic, even then, six years ago, I remember sitting in Graveyardville writing the one-man show. Now, there were stories that I had told on the show, uh, and, and then I shaped them for the stage. But the, then I'd come to town, and I'd do that hour. Th- yeah, I'd do this. I'd For an hour, I'd just fuck around and talk about my trip out there and stuff. And I really liked it, and I started to fall on that. I don't want to call it a crutch, but it's something that I do and I do well. And I'm able to just kind of, this is one of the reasons you're going to make fun of me. This is why when I go and do the show in somebody's house, like I'm at Zach's house or I'm at the Jesuits house. And afterwards, the reason I do it is so they can look at me and go, Jesus, like, because they see the magic trick. They see that I really do it, that I talk and I just fucking ramble on and whatever the fuck. And, and, and like I said, when I did Jesuits show, there's, there's nobody in the world who could do that show. That, that show that I did there, nobody in the world. I don't give a fuck who you are. Funny, not funny, it doesn't matter. And I know there are people out there who are going to be like, oh, there's Mike jerking himself off again and fucking stroking his ego. And it's like, I, dude, I got no fucking ego, okay? I, I used to have a fucking ego where I was like, I'm the man, I'm this. And uh, and I've just, I've kicked my own ass so many fucking times that my ego's on a goddamn shelf, unused. It's just fucking set up in a jar. And there will be times when it just fucking arrives when I do something really great. And I'm like, goddamn, that was really fucking great. But then I see a videotape of fucking Prince dancing for, an, uh, for four minutes and I go, fuck. I couldn't do that. I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do anything because he's fucking great. And why the fuck compete? Even though I'm not competing with him. Do you think Andre the giant would fight big John stud, go back in the locker room and go, fuck, I'm not Prince. I mean, no, of course he wouldn't, but it's the weirdest thing that I will do that. I'll draw these fucking comparisons with myself. Uh, but the thing is, both of them brought joy. Both of them brought love. Both of them did whatever they could to bring, 
and, and you know what? They did what they had to fucking do. That's another thing. You think Prince just like sat in his house and goes, oh, fuck. <sighs> I got to write 10 more songs. Then I got to go on fucking tour. No, he fucking, that's what he did because he was Prince. It just came out of him. There was nothing he could fucking do. He couldn't help it. And I hear that all the time. Everybody's like, you know what, man? Just fucking go for your dreams. You got to fucking make it happen. And if you, if you won't be denied, then it'll fucking, it'll pay off. And, uh, I am absolutely the antithesis of won't be denied. I, I will I will be denied by everybody. I'll be denied by everything. I'll be denied by myself. By the end of tonight, all of you will deny me. At least one of you will betray me. I can tell you that. Or one of you will deny me. And then one of you will betray me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps I'll come and walk across your swimming pool. Um, but but I, I, it's, you know, I don't know why I get in my own head and I put myself in a fucking, uh, uh, and I, and it's, this should just be second nature. But the thing is then money shows up. So I've got to pay my rent. I got to do these things and I got to pay. And so I have to go have a real job and I got to go drive. And then I get fucking mad that I have to drive. And then I get, uh, in a spiral where I go, look what you've done to yourself. Look how fucking far you've fallen. Look what you've got to do with this fucking life. You've got to go ahead and do this. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's dumb because again, as I've told you many times, as I quoted the, the brilliant prophet, Richard Marks, when you're trying to make a living, there ain't no such thing as pride. But when you think to yourself, man, I could be better. I could be more. I should be doing comedy. I should be doing this. And, and, and you guys are sick of hearing it. You're sick of hearing me give fucking public pep talks to myself. And I don't, I, I don't blame you, but that's why I didn't want to subject you to it yesterday. Cause again, I, it's just every, it seems like every third week now I sit in my house and I go, fuck. Because, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's a different animal now, you know, for fucking 10, like I said, when I started the show, I had 40 years of stories to tell. Uh, and now we're 10 years in and I've told a lot of those fucking stories. And now, you know, it's time to do work. It's time to unearth the old stories and try to fucking do that and put stuff together and actually write. And, uh, and I just fucking go, well, no, what if I just went ahead and talked? Wouldn't that be fucking great? And then I wound up talking about shit that happened this week. And then, and you don't want to fucking hear that. You want to hear me telling you about Prince and Andre the Giant being fucking rivals. You want to, you want to have that happen? What if, all right, here's the thing. Now hear me out. What if they had a battle, but on like on their different platforms, like Prince challenged Andre the Giant to a base off, but then Andre the Giant had to wrestle Prince. You got to do the base off first because Prince is going to get massacred. Uh, but Prince could also be, remember you see King Kong Bundy fight the midgets at WrestleMania? I think we've talked about that on here, didn't we? That would be great. So that's like Prince fighting Andre the Giant. I don't want Prince to fight Andre the Giant. I want him to get along. I want him to be friends because I watched Andre's documentary and I was so so affected and so moved and so saddened by it because this is a guy, again, he was a gentle man, a nice man, and all uh, until it was time to not be nice. That's the one thing. He was, you want to talk about a guy who's got a lot of fucking Dalton from Roadhouse and I'm fucking, that was goddamn Andre the Giant because he was a guy who was gentle and nice and he understood that, you know, he was a giant. He truly was a giant and he probably understood, you know what, there's a lot of people scared of me. There's a lot of people that are frightened and I need, so he was a gentle person until it came time not to be gentle because people would fuck with him because there are people out there who want to fuck with big guys and then Andre would just fucking, I'm sure, throw guys through windows because that's who the fuck he was. There's a great clip where his guy, Tim Wilde, the guy who was his handler who drove, which is how oh, great, dude, let me ask you this. If you've got a resume and one of the entries is giant handler, do you really need to get another job the rest of your goddamn life? People should just come and hand you money. You should just be able to walk around with a tip jar around your neck and people just hand you cash. Giant handler. How fucking perfect is that? Uh, and also, by the way, that was uh, that's Chelsea's uncle. Um, <laughs> uncle Giant Handler. Uh, but if you're a giant handler, man, that's got to be fantastic. So he tells a story about how he's not supposed to be in the locker room. Uh, also, by the way, Andre the Giant loved the word boss. And it turns out, I think all pro wrestlers do, because Ric Flair is even using the word boss in this in this thing. Oh, and by the way, Ric Flair, remember I did that show about Ric Flair fucking like a month and a half ago? And I was just, I was wistful and I was talking about how he's a fucking genius and all this. And then they ripped me off for the fucking hoodie. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. I see, because I follow him on, on social media. And it's just weird that Ric Flair has now made this late life transition to being Billy Mays. 
Like he's he's selling everything with his face on it, like fucking sunglasses and soda cans and super glue and fucking, I mean, anything that he can slap his visage on he's and pedal to the public, he's doing it. Because again, he's had a, and, and look, who am I to fucking talk? I mean, for years, I've been trying to get you to buy fucking dirt, dirt, dirt shirts. So, I mean, he, he, however, has a built-in audience that he can sell. He's got like bath towels and fucking trinkets and stickers and, and, and it, I see it and I'm like, oh man, that's really fucking, it's uh it's kind of cheesy and cheap. But at the same time, He's been a carny his entire fucking life. If you're a pro wrestler, you're an athlete who happens to also be a carny. So he can't be an athlete anymore. If you see Ric Flair, he barely can fucking walk. And by the way, I watched the NFL draft tonight, and the NFL had this really touching moment, at least they thought it would be, when the Pittsburgh Steelers pick came up, they had a linebacker named Ryan Shazier. Now, Ryan Shazier, is a, he's a young man. I think he's only 24. And last year, in a, in a fucking playoff game, he... He, he tried to make a tackle and he couldn't move. Like you can see him, he flops over and he, can, he can't move his legs. So he's laying there and they're coming to tend to him. They have to take him off on a stretcher and he puts the thumbs up and all this. And then for weeks, they wouldn't tell anybody what was wrong with him. They'd just be like, well, Ryan's feeling better. Ryan's doing okay. Uh, it's because they didn't want to tell anybody that the motherfucking guy couldn't walk. He's 24. And it's, it's too depressing a story. It's too fucking rough for people to handle because, again, they're trying to enjoy the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and they're also trying to ignore the fact that, like I said many, many times, these guys are all banging their brains into fucking applesauce and grinding their fucking bones into goddamn sand just to try to win a fucking uh, Super Bowl ring. And then it, it, when they're all 55 years old, none of them can move. They're all using walkers and whatever the fuck. So Ryan Shazier hurts himself in the playoffs last year. They bring him out at the draft. Now he can walk. So they're like, woohoo! They, they're like, here's a special, and they made it a big deal, man. Because this is the thing that the NFL does. Like, they try to capitalize on people's emotions, and they try to use whatever they can. Like, they use the fucking flag, and the police, and the fucking military, and all that shit. And then, Colin Kaepernick comes along, and he does the one thing where he's going to take a knee, and everybody freaks the fuck out, and then the NFL basically hangs him out the fucking dry. Uh, because they make their money on the military. They make their money on cops, and they make their money on violence. They do. They just do. You can't argue that they don't. Uh, and which is another reason that like, I don't want to get into the world because that's, I was going to tell you that, that one of the things that I do usually when I don't have a story to tell you is I'll just talk about the world. But that was another thing that set my fucking head spinning this week is the world is a fucking terrible place. Uh, the world, it's just, it's, as we all know, I just, I find myself with no hope for it. And then you see a guy like, so again, I, I don't, I will, I won't go too much into this, but like I said, the NFL hides behind the military and cops and the flag and all that kind of shit. Uh, so does Trump. Trump is a guy who he doesn't give a flying fuck about the military. He doesn't care about cops. He doesn't care about fucking religion, but he knows that there are people out there who do care about that. And those are their core issues. And so he will, he'll say stuff like our, our terrific first responders, our, our fantastic military, our beautiful police and Jesus Christ and God and the Bible. And you're, and everybody's like, woohoo, he's the best of all time. We love him because he really tries. And it's, he doesn't. He's a fucking Wizard of Oz grifter behind the fucking curtain trying to fool you with buzzwords, and he did. Uh, all right, so, <laughs> but that's the thing is I don't, you know, because that's, that's boring too. It's not, you think it's boring for you to listen to? It's boring for me to talk about. Every week to just go, it's terrible, everything's terrible. Nobody fucking wants to hear that, man. I don't even want to fucking talk about it. I don't want to live it. I go on Twitter and I find people that, like I said, people that I thought are really funny, people that I dig, and I'm just like, I can't anymore. I can't fucking listen. I can't, like this week, you know, the guy went into the fucking Waffle House and shot everybody up. I'm sure you saw that. A guy walked into a fucking Waffle House. Uh, crazy dude. Fucking weird bangs. He just, look at that guy. He just looked off. That guy, you know what that guy looked like? I went to high school with a guy named Phil St. Laurent. 
I liked Phil. Phil was a good guy. But Phil also had, uh, his head was a little, like if you put a level on it, the bubble wouldn't really line up. You know what I'm talking about with Phil? That's the kind of guy he was back in high school. Perhaps he's grown, perhaps he's got lovely children, and he's a fabulous father. I know nothing of him after high school. All I know is in high school, he was the kind of guy who might have his left shoe on his right foot. That's who Phil was. Probably shouldn't use his last name. Anyway... Uh, this, 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 this dude who shot up the fucking Waffle House looked just like him. Like that kind of, that fucking far away click stare and cut his own bangs. So you know that fucking look? The sort of dude who you know just smells like a diaper. Don't you fucking hate that? You just, you see a guy in a bus stop, a guy, the kind of guy in June who's wearing a parka. And you're like, oh man, I know that guy's got problems. That guy stinks. And the kind of guy who forgets to drink water. And so when he talks to you, he's got a white tongue and spit in the corners of his fucking mouth. And you're like, I don't even want to talk to this guy. Now he's asking me for a cigarette and I got to hear what he thinks about Libya. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fuck you and fuck your bangs and fuck your AR-15 and your parka and get fucking lost. Nobody wants to talk to you, weirdo. And that's the problem is he gets treated like that his whole fucking life until eventually he gets his guns and he goes to the White House. And he's like, hey, man, I wanted to talk to Trump because, you know, I'm a sovereign citizen and whatever the fuck. And cops are just like, this guy's batshit, but he's white, so we can't shoot him. So then they just arrest him and they send him on his way and they take away all his guns and what do they do with his guns? Do they burn them in a giant gun vat? Do they sell them at auction? No, you know what they do? They give his guns back to his fucking dad. His dad, who's fucking half responsible for the walking gene terror pool that this fucking guy is, and you give him the... You think he's got good judgment? Look at what his sperm created. Half of his... He's responsible for half this dude. He's, he's all the fucking... He's the X chromosomes in this fucking guy. The Ys? I don't know. I'm on the fly here. But he's fucking responsible for half this crazy. I'm, and you know what? Just assume at this point, if you don't see the mom, assume this guy's responsible for the bangs, the parka, and the fucking spit in the corner of the mouth. That's who this fucking... So you don't give him the guns! So what do they do? They give the dad the guns, and I'm sure the dad went ahead and said, you know what, I gotta go talk to this fucking waterhead, and he sits him down, and he's like, you know what, you went to the White House with all these guns, that wasn't smart, by the way, here's all your guns back. Don't do it again! Oh, you're a fantastic parent. See, that's the problem, when you want to be your your kid's friend, instead of just being a dad, if you were being a father, you know what you would have done? You would have taken that AR-15 and put a couple right in the back of that fucking guy's head, and then buried him in your back fucking yard so nobody ever saw him again, and nobody would have cared because it's not like he had friends. The only person who would have missed him would have been Burlington Coat Factory because they wonder why he didn't come in and buy his yearly fucking parka. The fuck out of here. So sure enough, the fucking dad gives him the guns back. And what does he do? He then disappears. And then he gets pulled over and they run a check on him. And then it turns out that, he, you know, they, they let him go because, again, he's not black. So they wind up letting him go when they run a check on him. I'm sure he the guy just smelled like gun. Look at the photos of that motherfucker. Again, Bangsy cut himself, spit in the corners of his mouth, fucking far away stare. He just looks terrible. He looks like every guy like it, it, that had a real life ghost story. Anybody who tells you they caught by aliens and got anally probed. That's the dude with the story. He's he's just if you look up hillbilly in the dictionary, it literally has a photo that says we couldn't run his photo. It's too on the nose. That's what it is. A photo of words that say that. So he's got a fucking parka and the th- and so they give him the guns back. They give him to the dad. The dad gives him the guns back. He goes, he gets pulled over and again, not shot because he's not black. And then what's he do? He goes to a fucking Waffle House and, uh, and just shoots everybody. Just tries to. He tries to fucking gun everybody down with an AR-15. And look, I've been in a Waffle House. That's a lot of gun for a Waffle House. All right. And it is, you just, you just don't need that. That's too much gun for a Waffle House. Bring a couple of pistols and go Deadpool on that fucking joint. You'd still clean the place up. But no, you got to bring in an AR-15 because why? You want to make a bigger mess, you fuck? You know why? Because he wanted to make sure every booth in there was smothered and covered. That's all it was. He's like, you know what? The pistols would get the job done, but I got to make sure everything in here is covered and smothered. Bang, fucking bang. So he gets in. He's shooting people. 
and uh and and you know that's because that's what happens now that's what we do any fucking any anywhere you're at it could happen anywhere it could happen here some guy could kick in the fucking door and go hey go back to that fucking tell that story about forged and fire that you never finished and shoot me four fucking times and and that would be fine i wouldn't blame him i would deserve it but instead this fucking guy goes into the waffle house he shoots everybody as much as he can and then the gun jams and then folks a unicorn appears a hero We've often heard so many times about the fact that, hey, if there was only good guys with guns, they could stop the bad guys with guns. Well, in the Waffle House, all there are are good guys with salt shakers and forks. There's good guys with biscuits and omelets. You can't stop an AR-15 with an omelet. You got a much better chance of being turned into a fucking omelet. Yet, this fucking dude was hiding behind a goddamn door or whatever the fuck, leaps out and tackles this dude, burns his fucking hands on the barrel of the AR-15 because he'd done so much damage up to that fucking point that it was hot, fucking steaming hot. But he doesn't care. He wrestles the guy to the ground and he beats him the fuck down. And then, by the, oh, also, by the way, this dude, when he pulled up, took all his clothes off, came in naked with just a parka on, and then he shot everybody up with his balls hanging out. Because again, I guess you got to, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't figure out that. Don't even try to figure it out. Because in my head, I'm like, what's that move? Is that a chess move? Like to not leave DNA on your clothes when you don't have to throw them away or something. But he's got the coat on. Why not just come in like fucking straight up 300 Spartan and just go, you know what? This is Sparta. Then shoot everybody with the fucking AR-15 and then kick somebody into the deep fryer and let them fall all the way down. Uh, And then you're totally naked. You don't have to get anything on you. But it doesn't fucking matter. He gets tackled by a hero, a fucking genius, a champion, a guy that right now we should all be, we should carry on our shoulders forever. We should just hail this guy. I don't, we should make new money just to put his face on it. I think his name is James. I don't fucking know. I don't know the name of any of these people because I don't want to fucking know. I don't care. I don't need to know the name of the guy who shot the fucking guy. The hero guy, yes. If he, if he comes up, James Shaw, is that his fucking name? Possibly. Uh, they started a GoFundMe for him, and he started a GoFundMe for other people. And everybody's like, this is so great. We're raising money for him with a GoFundMe, and he's raising money for the victims of the GoFundMe. And all I can think about is, man, we live in a fucking country where the entire fucking internet is a slot machine for victims. For And, and nobody has, because nobody can support themselves. It's just the way it is. That's the way corporations want it. They want to fucking throw you on a goddamn slag heap. If anything... The fucking Waffle House should have said, you know what, man, we're giving you this Waffle House. Maybe not that one, because it's got a ton of, it's got bad memories for the fucking guy. Because what I heard was that the Waffle House was going to buy breakfast for everybody, or all, like all the all the proceeds from that one particular Waffle House are going to go to the victims or donate to charity. Good for you. That's fine. But shouldn't they give this guy a Waffle House? Now, again, like I said, not that particular Waffle House, because I'm sure when he goes in there, maybe there aren't any more memories of toast. He doesn't think to himself, hey, I had a pretty good glass of tea in this fucking joint. No, he probably thinks to himself of the day he had to tackle, tackle fucking naked white bangs and fucking burned his hands on the AR-15. Uh, which, by the way, again, as I've said, I've eaten in a Waffle House. The AR-15 is actually a decent breakfast plate. If you go in there, go ahead and order the AR-15. It's, but I get it. I, if I'm you, get it over easy. That's how I like my eggs. You can get them scrambled. You can get them sunny side up, whatever you want to do. They will not soft boil them, though, because it's the Waffle House. And what are you, a fucking queer? Uh, so sure enough, this fucking dude's in there. And he, and he, he survives. They fucking come to help him. And I saw that picture. And you see that picture where he's got that fucking gouge taken out of his arm and they start to go fund me. Cause again, nobody, the waffle house should just give the guy a restaurant, give him everything he wants. Everybody should give him everything he wants. But then, cause look, it's a tragic story, but it's also a story of redemption. It's a story, a story of heroism. And it's also a story of how the fuck did you let this guy go after you caught him with guns at the white house? And then you gave his guns back to his dad. And what the fuck is wrong with you people, man? This is like when they brought the kid who shot everybody in the church to Burger King. Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, what'd you kill? Eight people? What do you want? Your sandwich? That sounds good. Because I'll tell you what, after I've killed, you know, and only, it's got to be eight people or more. If I kill three people, eh, I'm not that hungry. I gotta be honest. I can just, I can, I can skip lunch if I only kill three or four people. However, if I kill like anywhere from eight to double digits, maybe 
even triple digits, I got to choke down some French toast sticks. You got to get me to get a Western bacon fucking Whopper down my gullet before I head off to jail for the rest of my fucking life with people looking at me like I'm an anomaly because I'm white and I didn't die after killing 10 fucking people. What the fuck is going on, man? Jesus Christ. And look, I'm not advocating for more gunplay. I don't want you to be shooting fucking everybody. It just seems silly. But at the same time, isn't it a weird coincidence that these fuck? I mean, how many videos am I going to see where a guy starts a fight with a cop, a white dude? There was a video I saw the other day. A white dude squares up a la fucking Jack Johnson, like crazy fucking weird Marcus of Queensberry fists. And then he takes on a cop and then he throws him in a bear hug. And what do the cop do? The cop tackles him. And then he starts wrestling with the guy. And then a couple more cops come over. And you know what they do? They wrestle with him. Why? Because he's white. If he's a black guy, the second he puts his fists up, he gets turned into fucking Swiss cheese. They ventilate that motherfucker. They don't fuck around. And that's just the way it is. It's terrible. It's fucking, and, and I don't know if it's always been like this and we just didn't see it all the goddamn time. And look, there are white people getting shot too, I'm sure, elsewhere. I don't want to be that guy. Um, but I also don't want to b- b- both sides this thing and what about it? I mean, more black dudes are getting fucking shot. It happens all the goddamn time. And don't come in with your bullshit of like, oh, well, you know, if you look at the statistics, fuck statistics. They gave fucking Waffle House bangs his guns back. They gave him to the dad. The dad gave him to him. And what did he do? He went to the Waffle House and fucking fried the joint up. Covered and smothered all the booths and brains. Fuck. But here's the thing that I talk about more than anything. Like I said, on Twitter and social media, it became a thing. So then it's just the echo chamber of, we need to take all the guns away. No, you're stupid. This is We have to keep the guns in case the fucking French invade us or whatever the fuck. Everybody has their excuses. I'm not telling you what to do with your fucking guns. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I don't pretend to fucking know. You know why? Because I'm a stupid comedian who lives in a one-bedroom apartment. I got opinions. I don't want a gun because I think it's important. I think it feels weird for me. But you want to have a gun, that's great if you're a responsible gun owner and there's a million, billion fucking responsible gun owners. But unfortunately, there's a bunch of other dudes out there who are fucking hair triggers, so why don't we just increase the tests? Why don't we do that? Why don't we have some sort of background check or not be able to sell shit out of trunks of cars at fucking gun shows? I don't know the solution. But what I do know is I hate hearing from everybody else who absolutely, positively, sincerely knows the fucking solution and is willing to tell me about it at high volume. Oh, really? Goofy841? At fucking Twitter, you've got all the answers about the gun fucking control system? Good. I'm glad to hear you have those answers. But somehow they get retweeted into my feed. And then they fight with Michael Ian Black. Or they fight with Sarah Silverman. Or they fight with Patton Oswalt. And then he answers them back and it just just amplifies it. And then even worse is when those fucking celebrities answer a guy... They bring in all their fans who I like to call, and look, I'm sure their fans are lovely people because I'm fans of those people too, but I call it the roaches because if you're involved in Twitter and like if a celebrity gets jumped on and then you jump on the person who jumped on the celebrity in a weird defense motion of defense move, you're just, it's just, like I said, I call it the roaches. I just think of those scenes in the mummy where all the scarabs climbed up on dudes then left them fucking lying there and just bones. Because you know what, man? Nobody fucking needs you to defend Pat Oswalt. He's doing fine by himself. That guy's doing fucking fine. He's, he's married, he's happy, he's got a beautiful kid, a fantastic career, and he's unbelievably talented. He doesn't need some Jamoke from fucking Roanoke to fucking... <laughs> By the way, that's fucking not bad. The Jamoke from Roanoke? I actually saw him fight Andre the Giant. It was a terrible fight. When I saw Andre live, Jesus. Uh, he doesn't need that you defending him. But, it's, but people do it just so celebrities will notice them. Just like people troll celebrities so celebrities will fight with them. It's fucking embarrassing. I just, I, and I find myself sick of it. And so this week I fucking, I just inure myself. I lie away. I insulate myself. I don't want, I, I've put my phone down this week because normally I live on my phone. I just do. Not as much as Mex would make you think when he takes fucking photos of me because he's on his fucking phone just as much as me. But fuck, man, I'll, I'll be on Twitter. I'll wake up. I'll be on Twitter for two hours or I'll fucking scroll and read it or I'll get caught up in face. And I've, I've told you, I've divorced myself from social media. I've tried to get away from it now. I've tried to get away from Facebook. I've tried to get away from this stuff because I don't, I don't find it interesting or it's not helping my life. 
I'm, look, I do enough not helping my life on my own. I don't need the assistance of the entire fucking world not helping my life via a Twitter feed. But it happens. I get up there and I get fucking, I get sucked into it. But I'm just, I'm just so tired of it. So then this week, like I said, everybody fucking, you know, they fight and everybody, oh, guns are this and this, these guys are that. And then the van guy in Toronto fucking runs a pinch. And then he turns, it turns out he's, I don't even want to give name the name. I don't even want to give the name of their organization or whatever the fuck they've named themselves. Basically, he's a fucking guy who's a pussy who couldn't handle real life. That's, that's, I'm going to call him out right now. The guy who drove the fucking van and killed a bunch of people. If you read his fucking online bullshit and what he was a fucking part of, these are just dudes who think the world owes them pussy or something like that. I mean, fuck those guys, man. Hey, look, you got to earn it. You got to go out there. You got to be a person who goes a, a person of interest. Like I said, I can't go on Bumble because I'm a 50 year old Uber driver. That's my own fault until I prove my lot in life. There's no fucking golden chalice of pussy waiting for me at the end of my fucking video game. Get out of your basement. Get out of your fucking house. Stop living with seven dudes. Go out and fucking gra- and, and make yourself presentable. And also here's the thing. How about this? Treat women like humans. How about you step up and you realize that women aren't fucking pussies with fucking brains attached. They're people just like you. There's no fucking reason for you to be like, oh my God, these fucking girls are, you know, sexual this and all this, but you fucking terrible. You want to talk about roaches that those guys are the worst. These guys who all think that fucking because they, they don't have women don't have sex with them. They should be hated or, or killed or, I mean, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? And so this kind of shit kicks me in the brain and it sends me spiraling down a goddamn fucking, uh, a, a well of, of despair. And I go, man, I don't want to fucking do anything. Cause then, like I said, and I've said many times, those guys have voices and these guys have voices. And I think they all suck. I fucking hate everybody. I went up online and I'm like, ah, I fucking hate this. And I hate that. And I hate these guys. And then I'm like, well, fuck Then Why do I think my voice means anything? Why the fuck should I go out there and do this? I talk about Shannon every week. I talked to her on Mondays. I go, and she's like, well, that's not the case. I go, fuck. It's just, it, it is, it is. Why, why, why do I matter? Why should my voice fucking matter? Well, because you know what? This is my job. This is what I do. This is who I am. And I do it well. Uh, and I need to convince myself of that and keep it going. But instead I see these fucking, like the guy who I said with the van in Toronto, and then it just becomes this fucking thing online. And then there's trolls and fucking bots and then real people and they're fighting and people are like, oh, they're pathetic. And people are like, oh no, you gotta hear their side of it. And I, no, no, I don't have to hear anybody's side of it. I don't even hear Nazi's side of it. I don't have to hear anybody's fucking side of it. There's right and there's fucking wrong. There's no, there's no, well, what about this? And what about that? Fuck? No, there's right. And there's fucking wrong. Just be cool. It's all you gotta do is be cool. Don't run people over the fucking van. Don't take a fucking weapons grade military fucking rifle to a goddamn pancake house. The fuck is your problem, man? How is that guy alive? Just fucking. And look, I'm not a death penalty guy. I've never been a death penalty guy, but what's that guy contributing? Is he going to go to prison and open and work in the barbershop and give everybody bangs? Is that what he's going to fucking do? Fuck that guy. He's nothing. Mismatched shoes in a fucking wrong bubble. That's all that fucking dude is. And then we give money on the, and then I see people, like I said, I see people kindly giving money to the fucking, the, the, the GoFundMe for this kid who, who saved everybody's lives or as many lives as he saved. And then I see people bitching about it, going, oh man, why does he win the fucking lottery? Well, fuck, he didn't win the fucking lottery. People want to be kind to somebody who did a kind, good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody winds up sitting down and going, well, I should get that, or I should get this, or why didn't I get that, or why couldn't I do this? Just fucking do it. Put your phone down. Close your fucking laptop. Get off Twitter. Get off fucking Reddit and whatever the fuck else. Go out and live life. Be somebody. Don't be me. 
Don't be 50 sitting in your fucking apartment and going, Jesus Christ, that should be better. Because that's the only good thing I will tell you this. Hey, man, I do have those moments where I sit around and I go, man, fuck, what the fuck? What happened to me? Why have I only come here? Why do I not have more? How come I don't have this? But you know what the answer is? Me, me, fucking me. There was no fucking conspiracy. Nobody got together and decided I wasn't going to do anything. I didn't work hard enough, man. I didn't. I can change that. I can try to work harder. I can climb out of my fucking head and not let my dick get knocked in the fucking dirt by, you know, old relationships and every other fucking thing that I think about. I can get all the poison out of my system, but you know what? I'm responsible for that. It doesn't mean I'm going to go online and be like, oh man, all fucking women, I don't fucking get it. Or, oh man, I'm black people. You're just looking for somebody to fucking blame for the shit that you can't do on your own. Fuck that, man. Fix it. You know what you need? Boots with straps. I can just have straps. You need the fucking boots because you need to fucking pull yourself up by those bootstraps and make something fucking happen. But here's the thing, man. Like I said, I I go on Twitter and I go on fucking all these things and I read this stuff and fucking all this shit happens. The Waffle House and the van and fucking Macron is here from France and everybody hates Trump and Trump's a dick. And yes, he is. I fucking hate him too. But then we can't have it both ways. You can't tell me Trump's an ineffective cocksucker who doesn't get anything done and then bitch that he didn't say anything on Twitter about the kid who shot up the Waffle House. You can't. I got to hear that this week. They're like, oh, well, you know, the thing is, he hasn't said one word about the guy who uh, went ahead and shot up the Waffle House and the hero who saved him. Uh, and I think we all know why. It's because he's a racist. Well, do I think Trump's a racist? Eh, yeah. I mean, I think he's just, it's just ingrained in him from youth because his dad was such a fuck stick and then he wound up doing whatever the fuck he did. Uh, but racist is a weird fucking word. Like, cause I mean, when I think of racist, I think of a Klansman, a guy in a fucking hood and all that shit. And then I also think of the guys who have that casual racism where they're like, well, you know, if this guy's name was James and not Jamal, we'd look at his fucking, his apartment, uh, application. You know, there's that kind of thing. I just, I just think Trump's just a terrible fucking guy who hates everybody but himself. Like literally, I don't even think he gives a shit about his kids. He doesn't give, he's a narcissist. All he fucking cares about is himself. Uh... But then people are like, well, you know, he said that thing about when he, he talked about there were very fine people on the other side in Charlottesville and all this shit. But, but yes, because he's a fucking asshole. He's a terrible person. So what would it make you feel if he came out and he commended the kid who saved the Waffle House people? Would you then think he was a good guy? No, you fucking hate him anyway. So who gives a flying fuck what he does? Hopefully he gets fucking thrown out of office. I got news for you. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna last out this term and then fucking decide he's not gonna run again. Or if he runs again, they're gonna find some way to fuck it up. I don't know how, but I, I just I have no faith in Democrats to do the right fucking thing because I see this story this week where they're trying to get socialists and progressives out of a fucking race because they have a, a the party chose somebody else who should fucking run. And we all know how well that went. But what the fuck do I know? Again, I sit in my one bedroom apartment and fucking stare. I'm no expert. I don't know a fucking thing. I don't know anything about any of this. I got opinions, but so what? So do you. So does everybody, but that's the problem. Everybody's always had opinions, but now everybody's got megaphones. Everybody can tell you what they think at all fucking times and they do. And that's why I've avoided Facebook and why I've tried to avoid Twitter and I've tried to, I've tried to, but then I wind up getting sucked in. And like I said, it just turns into this turmoil and I see, see good people, smart people. I mean, I know comedians that are my friends that I've lost in my opinion, because all they tweet about is this. And look, maybe in their personal lives, they're fine. Maybe they're okay. But I see people and they just wind up in fights with nobodies and they let all this shit fucking happen. You know I mean? I was, it's funny. I was in, I was in Arizona when I was in Arizona. I saw, I told you I fucking hung out there. It was great. Uh, I stayed with my buddy, Paul Goble and, uh, and Paul's on Twitter a lot. And I said, well, why, why are you doing this? And he's like, well, we have to, man. Somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to say stuff. And I'm like, but I, I don't, and we had a long talk and I, and I told him, I, I don't believe that. 
And he's like, no, you got to step up. I go, look, if there's injustice, I'll step up. Okay, I'll try to do everything I can. If I if people are being racist in my presence, I'll tell them not to be or I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to address it. But when you go out looking for fights, now you're just... You know, now you're just fucking Charles Bronson and Death Wish trying to find people to argue with. Literally, like, with no guns. You're just a guy who's like, hey, oh, you raped my maid. But also, you don't like black people. But you are a black person. Whatever. I mean, whatever the fuck. Uh, hey, did that Death Wish with Bruce Willis ever come out? I saw the fucking trailer. Did it? It might have come, it might have come and gone. I have no fucking idea. Um, sorry. I, I just, I fuck. <laughs> So I talked to Paul and like I said, he's online doing shit all the time. And I'm like, man, I don't know why you're doing this. Like, I, I don't fucking get it. I don't see the fucking point. And, and, and I, but here's the problem. Like then when I pull myself off of being online, I should work on myself. I should work on my craft. I should go do things I enjoy and I love, but instead I will find another way to waste my fucking time. You know, like I said, where I'm like, I'll, I'll eat candy bars. I'll fucking hide in candy bars or I'll, I'll, I'll check my ex's social media. I'll do these things that I shouldn't fucking do because you're just putting poison directly into your fucking veins. You just are. And it's, it's, it's my own fault. It's my own fucking fault. And that's, that's what I said is the difference. I know it's my fucking fault, but I had a good time in Arizona. <laughs> you know, when we dealt with that show two years ago, we said, be Prince, just be Prince. Because that's all Prince did. Prince didn't Prince did work. He moved forward. He was a fucking shark. He did the things he needed to do, and he was a goddamn genius. And everything he did, every meme of him, every gif of him, everything is is just untouchable. I'm sure there were times when Prince was a jagoff. I'm sure there were times when Prince was a dick. Uh, I'll tell you one time, I'll tell you, I, I filed my uh, taxes, and I had a tax guy tell me that there was a way to take some shortcuts. Then I got a fucking purple envelope, and it tells me, hey, Prince has made the IRS aware of my tax shenanigans. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so Prince is a dick sometimes, but at the same time, he made beauty. Andre, the giant made beauty, you know, I mean, whether you liked it, maybe it was brutal beauty or maybe it was just silliness, but he brought joy to people. You need to bring joy. You need to, you need to friend. And you know what you need to do more than that? You need to bring yourself fucking joy. And I, I'm sure this sounds like me giving myself a fucking pep talk through this goddamn show, but I assure you it isn't because I will never listen to this fucking thing once I post it. <laughs> I will never remember one word I fucking said, because if I did, then I would take this lesson and I would take it to fucking heart and I would fix myself and I would fix the things that need to be fixed. But for some reason, for some fucking reason, I can't. It's just, it's, it, as I've told you before, Shannon's like, you're, you're so self-aware, you know everything, and, you, and yet you choose the other. I don't know why I choose the other. Why not choose to be Prince? Why not choose to be Andre the Giant? I'm going to see Avengers tonight. I'm going to see, it's like, I'm actually going in like two hours because I'm recording this at fucking midnight. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Right now it's like 12 midnight on Thursday night because I got up today and I wanted to do a show. I I, I laid in bed. I laid in bed till fucking three o'clock in the afternoon. I I posted at like six in the morning that I couldn't do a show and then I, I slept. I just laid in bed till three. I slept and fucking woke up and slept and woke up and got up. And then I got a shower, you know, I'm, I'm, it's this weird thing. And I'm sure you're going to, people are going to go, well, you're depressed or, oh, you got this, or you need pills, you need medicine. I maybe, maybe, but I, I consider it achievement when I get out of bed and shave, you know what I mean? When I take a fucking shower and shave, I'm like, yeah, okay, I did that. So that's good. Um, like I didn't go like today I ate peanut, I ate peanut butter and jelly. I ate two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's what I ate. I mean, it's just, it's, it's. You got to practice self-care because I want to cook for myself. I want to take, you know, and I keep, but you need money to do that. So I need to go out and drive because again, I just, I just had to pay a bunch of stuff. It's, it's, you have to live life. You have to immerse yourself and live life as much as you'd love to just let life go by as much as you'd love to just look out the window. You can't, you got to open the fucking door, man. You got to step out 
And yes, again, this is for me, not for you. I get it. You guys are living your lives. You're doing your things. You're working. You're making good stuff happen. And I get it. That's cool. Uh, but this is why, like, I, you know, when I go to fucking Arizona and I go to Zach's house, I love it because I get to see a guy who's a good kid. Zach's a good guy and good kid. He's fucking 30 or whatever the fuck. But still, he's, you know, he's a lawyer. He's living in Derek's house. I get to go there and he, he genuinely wanted me there. He picked me up. He was so kind. He was so good. He was so nice. Then that night after I recorded, we went out and that's when we met Paul. Sorry, fucking sinuses. Uh, we met Paul. Met Paul Goble. He was at an open mic. And he even, he even wrote me. He's like, hey, man, you want to perform? I'm like, fuck, no, I'm in shorts. He's like, so am I. It's an out, outdoor thing at a pizza place. It's an open mic. Who cares? But at the same time, I want to care. I don't want to go, especially in a, in a new comedy scene where I don't know anybody. I'm going to go up and fucking die at a pizza place. I, I, I got to be funny. Like, I'll tell you, it, this is so funny. I'm so haunted by the fact that I bombed doing comedy in Austin after my one man six years ago. This is totally true. In 2012, I went and did the one man in Austin to a sold out room and I fucking crushed it. People loved me. People were awesome. People were great. And then afterwards I did their fucking standup show and ate it. I fucking ate it. And I, to this day, that's all I can think about. I remember the show. I remember the triumph of it. I remember feeling great after doing a three hour fucking performance. But then that night I did a fucking, I did an eight minute set and bombed. And it's because I didn't work hard enough. It's because I assumed I'd be okay. You know, I have, I had me, storyteller, me, one man, me, Mike Schmidt, podcast, me, whatever the fuck. And then there was stand up me where I had an act and I had jokes. Well, the jokes are fucking terrible. You know, I mean, they're not terrible, but there's not me anymore. So I need to fucking create an act that actually is something that means something. Um, so I wasn't going to go up in Phoenix and fucking eat it. You know what I mean? Because again, especially at an open mic, when am I going to have five minutes? What story am I going to tell them in five fucking minutes? <laughs> the story of a guy in shorts who hates himself. How about that? But I don't hate myself. I love myself anyway. Uh, so I meet Paul and, and Zach and you know what we did? We went out to a fucking a place called the welcome diner and we hung out and talked for fucking three hours. They closed at like two 15 in the morning or two in the morning. We left. That was when we left. Zach had to work the next day, but he stayed out with us the whole time. And I felt bad. I kept, I kept saying to Zach, cause again, he just listened. He's listening to two comics, bullshit, two old friends and two comedians bullshit about the scene and about, you know, uh, who, who sucks and who doesn't and what happened and why did this happen and how's the scene out there and what's your life like? And he listened to two old friends basically catch up because I haven't seen Paul since he moved to Arizona a couple of years ago. And, uh, and Zach was a trooper and I kept looking at him and I go, look, man, I know you got no interest in this. And he'd be like, no bullshit. He goes, of course, this is what I love. And he, he even said to me, he goes, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at one of your poker games. And I'm like, yeah, probably not. Cause all we do is make fun of you. Like literally be, <laughs> people making fun of Zach. You want to be spider who out there? Who, what listener wants to be spider for my poker game? Come on out. That'd be great. You'll get the drinks. You'll get the pizza. You'll make fucking sandwiches for us. And all we'll do is bust your fucking balls. Who wants that? That should have been something for podcastathon. Fucking be spider for our poker game. Uh, so I, I mean, we hung out and it was, and you know, what I, I loved it. I fucking loved it because I got to sit with a friend and bullshit and bust balls and be funny and get my balls busted and have a good time. And, uh, and you know, Paul was generous enough to ask me if I could, if I would stay with him. So, you know, Zach went his separate way. Paul and I then got in the car. It was a 30 minute drive. We talked about that. We talked about his life, talked about his wife. He's got a beautiful fucking house. Paul, Paul's got the greatest fucking life. I mean, he just, he lives in a beautiful city. He's got an amazing fucking house and he's got, he's got a, you know, a fantastic wife who just, who's just, and, and there's love in his life. There's joy in his life. And I told him, don't fucking take this for granted, man. This is fucking great. And so then I go, why would you ever go on Twitter? You have great things. You, you, you love television, do, do TV, write fucking blogs, you know, record, do whatever you need to do, but don't fucking don't fight with strangers on the internet. 
Uh, and he laughed, of course, because he's, he's my friend. And, and, and I, you know, I'm sure every time I give advice to somebody, it's me giving advice to my fucking self through them. Uh, but he had a fantastic, he's got a, a great fucking life. He's got a great house. It's just, it was, it was a pleasure to stay there. Uh, although I will tell you this, fuck, he, he, I stayed in an upstairs bedroom. He's got four cats. So I stay in the upstairs bedroom. I close the door and uh, he had a, he goes, Hey, it's a twin bed. I go, I don't give a fuck. That's fine. So I, and I it was, dude, it was the most comfortable twin bed I've ever been in in my life. Cause it had like 40 pillows, but it also had like a closure on one side. So I could kind of like turn over into it and like put my arm up. It was just, it was, there was elevation. It was just, it was a sweet ass bed. It was great. And, uh, we went to bed at like fucking six in the morning. I mean, cause we, we wound up getting to his house and then talked again for another three hours and then I crashed and, uh, all of a sudden I kept hearing a noise in the room and I didn't know what the fuck it was. It was just like a drum, like a boom, 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 boom. And I didn't know what it was. And I'm kind of half asleep, half awake. And then I hear meow, 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 meow. So I figured that this must be some cat's room and he's outside because I closed the door and I locked it. So there's a cat outside trying to get into the fucking room. So I'm in the bed and I'm like, oh, fuck this cat. You know, eventually he's going to go away. Meow, 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 meow. And I, and I mean, it, I don't, again, you're sleeping. You're in that dream world. It could have been, it could have been 30 seconds. It could have been a fucking hour. I got no idea. But finally I went, oh man, I get it. And then here's my favorite part. I'm going to what? Open the door and tell the cat, Hey buddy, quiet down. I mean, what the cat, what's the cat going to do? I mean, first of all, I'm in his fucking house. This is his room. I'm in. He wants to get in. I should let him the fuck in. I'm the fucking trespasser, not the cat. Uh, but he's just outside the door and he's like, meow, meow. And I'm laying in the bed. I got my eyes closed. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And I, and like I said, what am I going to do? Open up and talk to him. But then I went, well, just open the door and let him in. Who the fuck knows? So I wake up and I kind of brush my eyes and I look over. Cat's in the fucking room. Cat doesn't want in. Cat fucking wants out. And I've locked him in. I'm sure he's got to hit a litter box or go have a drink of water, whatever the fuck. But I, I don't even look at my watch, but I'm like, I don't know how long, but it's light outside now, like really light. And I'm like, oh fuck, this dude's been trapped in here. So I get up and I mean, you know, cats are uh, adventurous and cats are interesting and cats do that fucking thing where literally they'll be in your living room and then they'll go, oh, wait a minute. I left something in the attic and they'll fucking sprint for like a, 90 seconds and then just stop back at the same spot they were at with nothing in their mouths or just insane. Cats are insane. So I wake up and I go, oh, cat, dude, I'm so sorry. Cause I don't know his fucking name yet. And I'm like, oh, cat, dude, I'm so sorry. Fuck. And I walk over to the, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm in fucking boxers and a, and a t-shirt and I get up and I walk over to the fucking door and I go to unlock it. He's like, meow. And I go, dude, it's cool. Hold on one second. And he does that fucking thing where, you know, again, like I said, imagine a cat will just take off in your house and run all over the fucking place. He'll go to the, you know, the den, the basement, the fucking attic, blah, blah, and it'll come right back. Well, this cat does that, but he's got nowhere to go. He's in a fucking guest bedroom. So he takes off and he just starts fucking running in a circle. And then dudes, and I'm not fucking kidding. I, I, I've had, I had cats growing up. All right. My mom had a cat for the longest time. I, we had cats when I was little. So I know what cats do. They do that fucking weird ass cat behavior, but I've never seen this. Anybody, any cat do what this cat did. He fucking ran, 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 just kind of fucking in circles, kind of a tornado thing. And then dudes, he fucking ran up the wall, ran up like fucking Spider-Man, like ran up the fucking wall and then around, like he went straight up and then toward me like fucking running. And then he launched himself at my goddamn head. I literally put my hands up and I'm like, dude, and he fucking bounced off me and hit the fucking ground. He's like, meow, 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 meow. And I didn't even get the door open. I'm like, well, if you calm the fuck down, cat dude, I'll get you out the fucking door. So sure enough, I go to the fucking, the, the handle, I, I open it and, I, and he just fucking bolts, boom, just runs out the door and I close it. I'm just, and I'm sitting there 
because again, I'm half fucking asleep. And, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there half naked, half asleep. And I'm like, but did that, did that really fucking happen? Cause he ran up the fucking wall, like Babadook style, man. And launched himself in my head. He, he scratched my arm. I had to, I had to cover my fucking head. Uh, and he bounced off me. He's like, meow, meow. And he's just running in circles. And finally I opened, I'm like, cat dude, go man. I opened the door. He fucking bails. And then I look and I realize, remember I said there was like a ba-boom, 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 like a noise? Dude, my fucking shoes. Look, I'm a neat person. I take off my shoes and my socks, especially when I'm on the road. I take my socks off. I roll them in a ball and I put them next to my luggage. And then I put my shoes like right next to another right and left, right on the right, left on the left. That's how I like to do it. Just in case I have to get dressed quickly, I know it's the right shoes on the correct side. I'm not fucking uh, Phil Bubblehead or whatever the fuck. I don't put the shoes on the wrong feet. I want to make sure I don't look like him. Because imagine that. You put under, there's a fire. You put on your shoes on the wrong feet. And the next thing you know, know, the guy's tackling you in a Waffle House. Who the fuck knows what happens? The cops take all your guns and then they dig up your dad and give them to him. Whatever the fuck. So sure enough, man, I, I, I look. My shoes are like, they're all over the place. And one of my shoelaces is completely frayed. So like he was, because they had claws, all these cats have fucking claws. So like my fucking shoes are, they're spread out. One's on one side of the room, the other's on the other side of the room. So he obviously was knocking them around, just fucking completely throwing them all over the place. But then he fucking tore up one of my shoelaces to the point where I literally this, because I've been home a week. The other day I sat down and I saw the fraying and I'm like, well, I'll be okay. Snap. My fucking shoelace snaps in my goddamn hand. And again, with Nikes, when you buy shoes from Nike, they come with badass shoelaces. That's great. However, you can never replace them. Like, cause Nike shoelaces are like $27 or whatever the fuck. And they're never the same color. Like I have, I have white shoes with orange trim and then I have orange laces. And also there's this new complex girder system that they have. It's like the inside of a fucking Trisket now to fucking lace my shoes. It's crazy. Well, when it snapped in my hand, in my hand, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Cause usually in the old days, what you do is you just pull out a few, uh, you know, out of a few holes and then you just re fucking lace it to the, where it's, you know, it's just shorter. Cause I use really fucking long shoelaces. I have to double tie them. Hi, I'm a child. But fucking sure enough, man, I, I can't do it because again, there's the holes are so small and it's like a double hole thing and there's fraying and it tore and I can't usually do the thing where you put it in your mouth. And you're like threading a needle. I went, this isn't even fucking happening. So now I'm wearing my fucking gym shoes in real life, which sucks. I hate that. I want to wear those gym shoes to the gym. I don't want to fucking do that. Uh, you think Prince ever had this problem? I don't think Prince ever had this fucking problem. Prince just, you know why? Because Prince wore goddamn boots. He never had, you think Prince ever wore sneakers? Even again, in Chappelle's story, even when he played fucking hoop, he had the fucking boots on. Even when fucking Charlie Murphy challenged him when he said, assemble your fucking crew, he didn't go and fucking change any goddamn gym shoes. I'll bet Prince fucking wore those boots forever. Cause again, he had that thing about his height. I don't know if you ever read that. There was a big thing where they did a, a you know, people telling recollections of Prince and people, you know, cause he was five, two Prince was like a fucking tiny ass dude. And, uh, but it didn't fucking matter because he was goddamn Prince. He was five foot two and five foot of it was Dick. So I mean, who the fuck cared? He could be whatever the fuck he wanted. Uh, five, five of it was Dick and two of it was fucking beard. That weird ass beard and spit curl. Um, but fuck, man. I mean, I, so I, I, uh, what the fuck? I got lost. What was I talking about? <laughs> Boots. Oh, Frank shoelaces. Fuck. And Prince. So stupid. <laughs> so I had a good time in Florida, man. I mean, I just, I just, it felt great. It was really fun and it was fantastic to be there. And, and I saw a poll, the, but the next day I, I went with Justin, our buddy, Justin and his wife, Mary, I went to their house and here's something, dude, you want to talk about happiness. You want to talk about something I absolutely needed to have happen. Uh, I went, Paul dropped me off at Justin's, we went to a lunch at a place called the farm and dude, I had a roasted carrot and red pepper fucking sandwich. Oh my God, was it delicious? 
God damn, I like carrots. Carrots are underrated. I don't have enough carrots in my life. I need more carrots. Uh, I, I eat pickled beets, which I like, but I got to get some carrots, man. Some goddamn, like, I, you know, and, but the problem is, you know, whenever I make, like, the way I know how to make them is with, like, butter and brown sugar and you toss them and stuff. I just need to fucking cook them, but I don't want to boil them. I need a steamer. I need to find a good way to kick my goddamn carrots. Or I could pickle them. Oh my God, a pickled carrot or roast them. I can roast them. I can just fucking throw them out because I've watched enough chopped where they take rainbow carrots and then just throw them in fucking olive oil with salt and pepper. You throw them in the fucking oven and roast those goddamn carrots. I could do that and chop them the fuck up. Yeah, I haven't got and cooked goddamn carrots. Who am I, who am I kidding? I can't even get off the fucking couch. <laughs> I, I would love to roast carrots because again, that's the thing I want to do. Like I said, I want to be an adult. I want to cook for myself. I want to grow up and yet I don't. And I know you're probably thinking, Mike, fucking just do it. We're tired of hearing you whine. I don't want, I'm not whining, motherfuckers. I'm yelling at myself. Um, so, uh, I went to Justin's house, Justin and Mary, they were fucking badass. It was totally fun. And then I get to their house and they got another people. They got a giant house and a pool. And, uh, and I had to assemble the show cause I, did, I recorded the show at Zach's and then I had to build it and get ready to post it and stuff like that. So I was going to do that while they were working because Justin works from home and Mary had some business she had to take care of. And then we were going to the diamondback game that night. So, uh, I had an hour of spare time, but when we walk in the house, dudes, uh, Justin's got, you know what he's got? Exactly. You know, I was at four cats at the Goble house and I like cats. I was petting them. One of them jumped on my lap, but took a photo of it. I liked it. But, uh, as you know, I find myself in a position now where I keep thinking that I, I need or want a dog. Like I really want a dog. And that's just me wanting love. I get it. I want something that would unconditionally love me and I have to be ready to do it. You know, if I get a fucking dog, I, again, I got to be able to take it for walks. I got to feed it. I can't, you know, it's, it's like having a kid. You got to be ready for the expense. You got to be ready for the, the, the outlay of time. And I don't know if I can have a kid here in, uh, in, in, you know, I'm sure I can get a service animal thing because fuck, I mean, I just play this show. <laughs> if I'm ever worried about getting a service animal fucking card, I can go ahead and play this fucking episode of the podcast and go listen to this. Tell me I don't need a fucking dog. Listen, they'll fucking prescribe me a kennel. I'll have a dog team. I'll just get around LA by dog sled. Just these fucking dudes. And then when I get to my house, I'll just lay there and they'll lick me and I'll feed them. It'll be fucking awesome. Uh, but I want a dog, right? So then I fucking go to Justin and Mary's house and they, and I love, this is another thing. People are like, oh man, we've got dogs. You got to be careful. And, uh, cause they, they think I will be upset or saddened by the dog. Because they have big dogs. I will tell you that. Because, you know, I've talked, look, I've made it no secret on here. Uh, I don't care for dog spit. You know, when Jill and I went to uh, our friend's house in, in Wisconsin, they had these uh, Airedales or whatever the fuck. I don't know. They're like horses, but they just drool. And there was drool on my jacket. I told you, I found drool in my neck. Oh, it was fucking dog spit is rough. I like lady, I like lady spit. I don't care for dog spit. So, uh, Sure enough, man, I get there and they said, oh man, our dogs are, you know, you got to be careful because they're kind of big. And they, they've spent years hearing me talk about how I don't love dog spit, but I'm in a position now where, uh, you know what? I, I gotta be honest. I jump into an ocean of dog spit now just to feel the love. I mean, I, I just, I dogs are, I'm it, I'm in. And I think their dogs were, I think one of them was a pit and I don't know what the other one was, but, uh, it was Funchess and Mookie. That's who their dogs are. Funchess and Mookie. And, uh, it was funny because Justin goes, hey, he's named after Ron Funches. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay. You know, like, because I, I kind of assumed that because, you know, Ron Funches is a very funny comedian now and, and Justin's a big comedy guy. And he goes, no, of course not. He goes, it's named after Devin Funches, a football player. And uh, I said, okay, well, that, I don't know. Don't fucking, why are you fooling me and bamboozling me with your dog's name? I don't care. They're just beautiful. And, uh, and they were scared of me at first. I came into the house and they, they wouldn't come near me, but they kind of orbited around me. Uh, but then eventually they kept coming up to me and then they kept smelling me. And then as they started to like me, then they wanted to jump on me. And oh my God, it was the fucking greatest. It was just, 
I pet them and they licked me and they were just, they climbed on me. I will tell you this dogs, you know, eh, they got nails. So I had to be careful about them climbing on me with their feet, their little dog feet. But, uh, but the, the, when they licked my face and they came up and I'm just, I was, and I, dude, I was covered in hair to the point where I said to Justin, I'm like, look, you gotta have, and he had to get out scotch tape and we had to scotch tape my whole shirt and shorts because I was, I looked, I looked like Mookie. Like literally you would have thought, well, that's Mookie there. Um, because I was covered in just fucking Mookie hair. And I sat on the couch and they sat on me. They just came up and they wouldn't, then they liked me. Then they wouldn't leave me alone. I was, I was working on the show and they kept putting their heads up over on my thigh and just fucking talking to me. And I was just, Oh my God, it was so great. Um, how great are dogs? How great are they? I told you I followed like six different Boston Terrier accounts and they followed me back, which is the dumbest. I don't even know why they followed me back. There's no way they're they're looking at my photos of me in Japan and going, oh, that looks like fun. No, man, they've got beautiful Boston Terriers. That's why I'm just peeking into their lives. I follow this little Gatsby, the Boston Terrier, and then this Boston Terrier puppy and just, oh my God, they're so beautiful. Um, but Mookie and Funchess were totally beautiful and they were really nice to me. Like I said, they were, I got to feed them ice which was interesting to me because she's like, oh yeah, they really like ice. And I mean, Tawny, Jill's dog, Tawny loved ice. So I would throw ice on the ground and she would eat it. And, uh, and then they, you know, they fed them lamb or whatever the fuck they had to, and rice. They, you know, they, they made up a whole dog. I was just watching them eat and they kept coming up to me. God damn. I loved it. I loved it. I needed it. Won't even say I loved it. I fucking needed it. I needed them to be there. So it was fantastic. And, and Arizona wound up being great. It was so fun. We went to the Diamondback game and there was nobody in the fucking park, which was crazy to me. Uh, but Justin, of course, bought fantastic seats. And then we, we, I, I wanted to eat weird stuff. You know, when I go to a ballpark, I want to try to eat weird fucking things. And so I was looking around for something strange and there was a thing because everybody told me they're like, dude, you got to eat the churro dog. You got to eat a churro dog. Now I thought the churro dog was going to be a hot dog wrapped in a churro corn dog style. I would have eaten 10 of them if that was the case. Not even joking, uh, because it just sounded like fucking salty and sweet and just, and, and I was like, I I'm ready for that. I'm fucking ready for a churro dog, a dog on a stick wrapped in churro. Holy fuck. Would that be amazing? But it turns out the churro dog was a churro in the place of a hot dog placed on like crepe hot fudge buns with ice cream and whipped cream. It's like a big ass fucking Sunday with a churro in the middle, but it's shaped like a dog. And, uh, Everybody was gleefully telling me I needed to try it. But once I saw the sign, I'm like, well, fuck no, I'm out, man. I can't do it. Uh, but then they had like a fucking, like a Cuban sandwich baguette with a pretzel fucking bun or whatever the fuck. And I was like, we got to find that fucking thing. But as we were looking for it, we came across the big dog house and they had like a big carne asada dog, which was 28 bucks. I decided to pass on that folks. I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, you could have choked that down. Fuck that. You know, like if I would have split it with fucking Justin, maybe, but instead they had a thing called the big Sonoran dog. Dudes, it was a fucking bacon wrapped hot dog with beans and like a mayo and a salsa on it. And, uh, and I, you know, I had, I was like, Justin, you want to split this thing? He's, well, I'm getting my own. And I'm like, fuck. All right. Well, I guess I got to get it knowing full, uh, full well, I'm not going to eat the whole fucking thing. And also they had a Wetzel's pretzels there and I have a weakness for Wetzel's pretzels because I'm fat. And they had a bag. I know you're thinking, fuck, Mike, go to the gym, take care of yourself. I will, I swear. But, uh, but they had this fucking bag of Wetzel's pretzels and it was the, it, I, I don't, I don't like a pretzel. All right. I don't want a pretzel. I don't want a pretzel dog. I don't want any of that shit. I want that sack of fucking pretzel bites where they basically looks like tater tots, but it's made out of pretzel and they're all squishy because they're just, they're fucking, they just cook them right away and throw them in the bag together. Oh, God damn. Do I love it? They're like, Hey man, there's plenty of dipping sauce. I'm like, fuck that, man. I just want them plain. I like pretzel and salt. That's the flavor I like. So I get those. I get the Wetzel's. I get the Sonoran dog. We go sit down to watch the fucking game. 
And uh, it wasn't the most exciting game. Here's my favorite part of the whole... Well, first of all, I will tell you this. Sonoran Dog, remember I just said I wasn't going to eat the whole fucking thing? Ate the whole fucking thing. Ate every bite. Ate every bite of this bacon-wrapped fucking monstrosity. It took me three innings, four innings, but still, I choked it down, and it was fucking goddamn delicious. It was... You know why? The beans were a special surprise. I covered it in onions. There were beans on the bottom. Goddamn. Both Justin and I are like, man, these beans are the fucking... They're selling it the whole thing. And I'm like, did you get onions? He's like, no. And I go, dude, you should have. But the salsa, the onions, the fucking beans, and the bacon-wrapped dog, holy fuck was it good. Man, it was great stuff. Hi, I'm reminiscing about a hot dog. <laughs> I almost got killed by a cat, loved by two dogs, and then I almost fucking murdered myself with a goddamn death dog, but I loved it. That's Arizona, baby. Uh, so sure enough, we wound up watching the rest of the game. It was fantastic. Well, by the way, when I say sure enough, we watched the rest of the game. That's kind of a lie. Here's why. Uh, the game was a little slow moving. There was a lot of strikeouts and a lot of not so much action because the Giants suck and the Diamondbacks had some injuries. But we get to the ninth inning. And uh, the Diamondbacks are losing. Going to the bottom of the ninth, Justin goes, you want to get out of here? I go, this is a one-run game in the bottom of the ninth. Do you really want to split? He's like, yeah, I think we should. And look, Justin paid for the ticket, so I'm not arguing. If you want to go, we're going. I mean, I, that's, that's totally fine. That's my rule. So we got up, and, uh, and we go to walk out. Before we're out of the park, back-to-back doubles have tied the game for the fucking Diamondbacks in the bottom of the ninth. The seven people in the stands are going crazy. And I keep looking at Justin kind of hinting. I'm like, hey, they just, uh, there's a double. Eh, there's another double. They just tied it up. He's like, great. We just, and we just continued to leave and we walked out. And by the time we got to the car and we get into the car, Brandon Bell hits a bomb and then the Giants win. We're, we were at home. We were, we were like five miles from home right when it ended. And, uh, and I was like, all right, well, I mean, this is, and he's like, I'm not really a baseball fan. And then I felt awful. Because the dude offered to take me to the game. Like, I, look, because he knew that that's a thing I like to do when I go to cities. He's like, well, we'll go to the Diamondback game. I'm like, great. Um, but he's more of a jujitsu guy. And he, there were no tournaments to bring me to. So he's like, well, fuck it, man. Let's just go to a baseball game. And I'm like, awesome. And like I said, if you pay, I, you want to leave in the second inning. We're going. I got, I got no problem with that. That's totally because we're hanging out. I'm your, I'm your guest. We're having fun. You're the host. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. But I can tell you this. Prince wouldn't have left the goddamn game early. Prince and I would have sat in his suite all the way to the end of the thing. Andre the Giant would have never left the game early. <laughs> How many of those hot dogs would Andre the Giant been able to eat? Fuck. So, I I, I should have done this show yesterday, and I didn't. Uh, because I convinced myself that I can't do this, and I can. Uh, I wind up then doing it the very next day, even though I told myself I couldn't. Uh, but I but I tried, man. I I really tried yesterday, and I just I just kept hitting every roadblock, and I kept getting so. Like I said, I wound up in Twitter and thinking about that thing where everybody's thinking that, oh, why isn't Trump talking about the Waffle House guy? And it's like, well, what the fuck? What, what would it change your mind if he came out and condemned the guy and said the other kid was a hero? Would you have, what would you have said? You know what you would have said? Oh, now you come around. It's just, you're just, it's a trap. It's all a fucking trap. Everybody's trying to trick you into talking and saying the things they want you to say. And, uh, and, and look, I don't give a fuck what side you're on. If you're on, it, it, you should not be berating people. You shouldn't be trying to catch people in gotcha traps all the fucking time. Nick DiPaolo is a comedian. Nick DiPaolo is a comedian who's extremely funny. He was a guy who, when I first started doing this podcast, Mex told me, he goes, you know what, man, you remind me of Nick DiPaolo on that show. And it made me proud because Nick DiPaolo was fucking hysterical. And uh, he got fired this week. He was hosting a radio show on Sirius XM and he got fired. Now, why did he get fired? Was it for something he said on the air? No, it was for a tweet. Now, uh, his tweet was that it was something like attention school shooters, <laughs> which you know is a bad way to start any tweet. If you start a tweet with attention school shooters, there's not a lot of good places to take that tweet. 
But he wrote, attention school shooters, next time you're planning whatever, you should go to the faculty offices in Berkeley and in this Fresno college because there was some professor who said some mean shit about Barbara Bush. And, uh, and so he tweeted that out. He got some blowback. And then by Monday he was fired. And, and I don't, uh, look, do I think what he wrote was funny? No. Uh, cause I will tell you this, like I said, when I first started doing the show, it was 10 years ago. And when, you know, I was told that I was reminding somebody of Nick DiPaolo, Mech said that I was like, that's fucking fantastic. Uh, in the intervening years, you know, Nick is, uh, Nick has gone the other way. I don't agree with his politics. Um, and, but he's decided to embrace them wholeheartedly in his stand up, And it's not for me. You know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying any of that. He's still a fucking, he writes amazing jokes, but, uh, but they're not for me. So, but at the same time, I don't think he should shut the fuck up. I don't think he should be fucking hounded out of the business. I don't think he should lose his fucking job. And that's another goddamn thing that I want up spinning myself up over this past fucking week about how the, the witch hunts come, how they're just looking, they're looking to trap anybody and fire them and get rid of them and do whatever they can. I mean, just today, there's a kid, a fucking NFL player. He's going to be drafted. He's a kid from Wyoming. So I guess six years ago, he wrote some stupid tweets where he used nigga, N-I-G-G-A, uh, the N-word. I, I, I don't mean to offend you by using that if I did. Uh, I'm only stating what he typed. Um, it's not a cool word to use. I totally get it. Uh, but he tweeted some tweets where he's, and, and they were stupid. It was like, I'm about to mess these N-words up at ping pong, you know, and, 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 and but, but they were his friends, whatever. I don't, look, I don't pretend to understand young people. I'm an old person. The world has passed me by. And that's probably something that's even more terrifying because I see people getting fucking, you know, it's nobody knows the the difference. Nobody can delineate between what's truly awful, hateful speech and terrible and somebody just being a dummy. This kid was 14 when he wrote these tweets today, biggest day of his life, NFL draft. They come out this morning and you know, somebody was just waiting to spring them on him on his most important day. He, he was in tears. He calls up the fucking team. He tells the NFL, he's like, Hey man, I'm sorry. Was it stupid what he did? Yes. Was he 14? Yes. Do I want you looking at what I did when I was 14 and bringing it up and trying to crucify me over it? Fuck. No, I don't. I did some dumb shit when I was 14 and I did most of it left-handed because my right hand was busy on my cock stroking it. All I did when I was 14, sophomore year, was jerk off and do dumb shit. That was my whole life. You know why? Because that's what you do when you're 14. But they try to fuck up this guy's entire adult life because he wrote some dumb tweets when he was 14. What the fuck? Nick DiPaolo's a comedian. There's license in being a comedian. You can say things. You can do things. Now, look, do we need to be more sensitive now? Yes. And do I agree with Nick's stand-up now? No, I don't. Because I'll tell you what, he's going on tour and I watch clips of it and I was like, ooh, Jesus the fuck happened he actually he actually fucking stole kinnison's fucking hey why don't the cameraman feed the sandwich to the fucking kids who are starving joke I'm like really i mean you know better than that i don't fucking know i who might have come down at apollo he's a fucking he's a genius and he's a star but he got whacked by 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 xm or serious xm and i'm like jesus christ so then i you know i'm, I'm reading stuff online and there are all these people are like rejoicing in it they're happy he lost his fucking job and it's like why are you going after this guy's fucking livelihood if you don't agree with it just fucking kind of turn don't don't pay attention to it but i mean but is it is what he's saying hateful terrible hate speech no but is it fucking shitty dick things to say when he talks shit about hillary clinton and calling her fat and whatever the fuck yeah kind of but everybody talks shit about trump too and i don't want them to lose their fucking jobs i don't fucking that's and that's why i'm saying i just want to hide man I want to hide. I can't because I'm out there. I mean, I, my voice is out here in the public discourse. I will tell you this on Facebook. They do this thing where it's like on this day years ago. Well, there's a listener named Dave Fogerson, a great guy, very nice guy. 
And this is like from eight years ago, I think it was, or seven years ago. He It, it came up on my page and it said, he wrote, this week's show is why I listen to your show. You take nonsense and you just make it something brilliant. And uh, and like he might not have said brilliant. He might have said good. I don't want, I'm not jerking myself off here. I'm not, again, I'm not 14. But still, it made me curious. And it made me want to hear the show that he actually was talking about. So I went back and I listened. Uh, and, and dudes, I was fucking rolling. I, I was rolling it myself. I was, I thought I was, I was like, God damn, I'm fucking hilarious. Cause I think I'm hilarious. Look, I love me. You know that. And, uh, and I, I do this wistful thing where I'm like, Oh, I was so good back then. Am I that good now? Who the fuck knows, man? I got no idea. Uh, but I will tell well, I'll get into that in a second, but I mean, but, but listening to that show, not only did I think I was fucking hilarious and think it was awesome, but at the same time I went, fuck, I would probably get in trouble for a lot of the stuff I said in this show. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who would not be happy. And also I was married at the time and I was saying shit and I'm just like, Jesus fucking, how did fuck did, why did Karen not leave then? Why didn't people not just fucking bail? But it's because I'm good at what I do and I, I do it in a certain way and you guys like it and I appreciate that. You respond to it and it went well. But at the same time, when I heard it, I was like, boy, you could unearth this fucking show and kick me out of fucking show business twice. I mean, Jesus, fuck the things I was saying, but it was hilarious. But I, that's the thing. It was fucking hilarious. To me, there's nothing wrong with that. Doug Stanhope is fucking hilarious, but he's wrong. The shit he says is wrong, but hilarious. Ari Shafir says some wrong shit, but it's hilarious. It's the people that are amateurs at it who are fucking stepping on their own dick and then they try to be comedians and they're stupid. Like I said, all these Instagram comedians or YouTube comedians or guys who claim to be Twitter writers or whatever the fuck. You know, there are some people who are really good at it. And then there are some people who are just fucking tin-eared and terrible. But the problem is when you tell them that they're tin-eared and terrible, then they're like, well, what the fuck, man? I mean, you know, everybody else gets to be a comedian. Why can't I be a comedian? I'm just a comedian, man. I can say whatever the fuck I want. And everybody uses fucking N-words and everybody swears and they use them inelegantly. And look, there's no other way to use that word. I get it. I, but I had a joke that almost, I, almost got me on TV because I had that joke with a word in it because it was fucking great because I wrote it properly because you have to have fucking chops. You got to know what you're doing, man. I saw a video, a fucking Snapchat video of a blonde chick from a sorority. She was at Penn State, but she didn't go to Penn State. And in it, she's singing my N-word, my nig, my da-da-da. She's singing it over and over in an elevator and she posts it. So then uh, an African-American student sees it and, and fucking releases it to everybody. So then she puts out another video in response and she says, Hey man, I was singing that word. Why can't I sing that word? If it's a song, is that racist? But then she keeps saying the word over and over in her new video. And then her friend behind her keeps saying it too. So they say it like 20 more times. So then the same African-American student releases that and it goes fucking viral. And now she puts out an apology, but in her apology, she claims reverse racism because why can't she use that word if black people use that word and it's wrong to punish her? So she doubles and triples fucking down. Now, look, that's an argument I've heard fucking forever. Why can't we use that word? They use that word. Why can't we use that word? They use that word because you can't. Why the fuck do you need to? I didn't want to get into this. Fuck. But sure enough, man, just, just the very fact that these people are doubling and tripling down on their racism and, and not, and, and doing it in a way where they're couching it as entertainment or they're saying, oh, well, we're just like Pat Oswalt. We're just like these, like Chris Rock said it a bunch of times. You're, you're not Chris Rock. You're a dumb fucking airhead in an elevator at Penn state. What the fuck, man? And then another thing too, is then everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe Penn state was involved in this. Well, she was at Penn state visiting friends. Why is Penn state even getting dragged in? That's the same fucking thing where with, you know, Trump isn't saying anything about the waffle house guy. What the fuck do you care? What's Penn state going to say? Hey, we don't condone this. 
you know, the fucking, uh, the guys who run Penn State aren't in every elevator on campus making sure that fuck some fucking bim isn't saying the N-word. It doesn't work that way. But of course, everybody's like, they want the, the, the trustees to get involved. They want somebody fired and everybody, the fucking roaches come out, man. The roaches just come out. And I, I just, I, I find myself, like I said, I dive directly into it and I wind up spinning myself the fuck off. But then I will tell you this, when you try to distance yourself and you don't want to know what's going on in the world, that's, that's no way to be either. Cause then you know what I wind up doing? Like I said, I wind up sitting in my house and watching Forged and Fire over and fucking over. I just sit there and watch Forged and Fire, which is a great fucking show. You know what it is? It's chopped for knives. That's totally true. I taped 30 of them and I fucking wound up erasing them. But then this week, as I was looking for a reason to goddamn waste time, I said, well, you know what? Forged and Fire is on. And I watched it and I go, goddamn, why don't I watch this fucking show? Because you know what it is? It's four dudes who look like the guy who shot up the Waffle House trying to make blades out of roller skates. It's fucking fantastic. And then there's judges and then they cut up a fucking, they stab a dummy and then they cut up a pig carcass and they slice a bunch of apples and they stab a gas can. And holy fuck, is it great? And it's fire and hillbillies and guys. And I will tell you this too. I'm making fun of them. I'm calling them hillbillies because whatever the fuck they're, they drag all these hill people out of Kentucky to make blades for these guys. But at the same time, I wish I was those dudes because those dudes do something I could never do in a million fucking years. They're hammering, they're heating, they're molding, they're creating fucking blades out of garbage. And I look at it and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that's, it's cause I mean, I don't, I can't forge shit in fire. I can't, I, I, you know what, unless my brain's a firmness, firm, a firmness, a furnace and I'm forming fucking words and I'm forging words, then I'm forging those and I'm forging sentences in fire, but I don't have to fucking hammer them. Although when I was a writer, I guess I meticulously hammered them out to get out every fucking syllable that I didn't need. See, I guess, you know what? That's the thing. Fuck it. I give myself a hard time where I'm like, I'm not a man. I'm not this, but I am a craftsman. When I sit down to actually write fucking material, I can do it meticulously and make it fucking sharp and smart. Yeah, I can make it as sharp as the fucking blades the hillbillies make on forged and goddamn fire. But when I watch them, I admire them because they don't care. They're on TV and they don't even think about being on TV because they got to wear sloppy clothes because they're making a fucking knife anyway. So these dudes will come in in t-shirts and fucking jeans and bad sneakers and fucking weird leather robes or aprons and, and, and masks. And I mean like, and they're fucking, and then they talk and they talk haltingly because they're not, they're not TV stars. They're guys who make knives and they got thrown in front of a fucking camera for my entertainment. So I can't hold it against them. They're just normal people. I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, fuck. I, I just, uh, you know, you know why? Cause I'll tell you what, cause it's all the same. Prince brings me joy. Andre, the giant brought me joy. The hillbillies making my knives bring me joy. The weird snidely whiplash looking dude who's always well-dressed with the crazy hair. He on that show, he's fucking perfect. He's a beautiful man. Gray mustache, perfectly uh, manicured. He brings me joy. The guy who says it will kill. He's this fucking Japanese dude or whatever the fuck who like he uses every blade and he tells them that their blades a fucking sharp blade that'll kill. He's, but he says it that way. It will kill the way he talks. That guy brings me joy. That show brings me joy. You got to find joy where you can. But the key is you can't just do fucking it just you can't use it as a drug. You can't lay the fuck up because you know what? I'll tell you this. And this uh, uh, get ready for this arrogant bullshit that I just fucking stumbled into. I say Prince brings me joy. I say Andre the Giant brings me joy. I say the hillbillies on that fucking show bring me joy. The chefs on Chopped bring me joy. Well, I bring you guys joy. To a certain extent. It seems stupid to say that. It seems weird to say it out loud. And it's shitty to try to fucking admit it and make it like I'm a guy who's that. But I mean, maybe, maybe, and I'm not, I'm not saying fully, but maybe, maybe I'm your prince. Maybe I'm your Andre the Giant. And so it's not fair for me to put the show off for a day. I'm glad that you allowed me a mental health day. And I'm, I'm glad you let me go ahead and, and sit back. And these are the things I need to convince myself of. I need to tell myself that maybe I'm your prince and maybe I'm your Andre the Giant. 
Uh, and, and, and it keeps me going. And maybe I am forging sentences in my brain and making them meticulous and making them smart. Maybe I am bringing joy. Maybe I am that person. Uh, fuck maybe I am, I am God damn it. But I need to tell myself that more. I need to tell myself out of this fucking two hour window that I just brought it to you in. Um, because I sit in my house, man. And I convince myself I'm not, I'm not those things. I'm cause look in reality, I'm not Prince. I'm not Andre the giant. I'm none of these things, but I'm me. And maybe that's enough. Fuck, maybe that's enough, goddammit. Maybe that's enough. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm your prince. <laughs> I'm your knife-wielding hillbillies. I'm your knife-forging hillbillies, goddammit. You guys can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You guys can find me at Snapchat and Instagram. I'm Mike40YOB. Uh, I keep talking to my friend Hannah in England. I keep getting notes from uh, all sorts of cool people on Snapchat. Thank you. Sir Coxley, thank you for stepping up, sir. Uh, I use your handle here because maybe people will find you and subscribe. Who knows? Uh, I feel bad because Sir Coxley's always putting up, he's always snowboarding. I'm like, man, what the fuck is going on in the world? Jesus Christ, where's the sun? Are we hogging it here? We need to share it with you guys. What the fuck, weather? Uh, all right. So facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy, twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy and Instagram and Snapchat. You can find me there at Mike four zero Y O B Mike four zero Y O B Ryan Dirks. does all of the website stuff for this show. He's the best. Go find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and be his friend. Remember that Giovanni Giorgio Peluso, uh, super fan, Gio, not super fan of me, but super fan of others. Certainly. Uh, he's going to laugh because I actually discussed a lot of this stuff with him this week via text. He's going to go, hey, you t- you type- you actually talked about the shit you typed to me, probably, because I was trying to get out of my own fucking skull. Uh, so there you go. Go find him at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. He's the coolest guy who does a bunch of great stuff for the show and has a lot more on his plate to do going ahead into the future. Uh, so please be his pal, be his friend, and encourage him that he still needs to stay a part of our lives, me and him and you. Uh, that would be great. So he's out there. Uh, find him at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. He's got his podcast, the Get It On podcast. He's got the Outdoors FAQ podcast. And of course, he handles all the Loveline stuff. Go ahead and check all of that stuff out. He's working really fucking hard on that. Him and Mac and the other dog that I, whose name I can never remember. They're up there in the fucking great Northwest and they're taking care of business for Adam Carolla and me in that order. But please find him and be his friend on Facebook. David Max Hernandez is the art guy and the music guy for this goddamn show. He's the best. He's the coolest. He's one of my favorite people and one of my best friends in the whole damn world. And by one of, I mean the. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Uh, he is out there to be your friend and he wants to share with you memes today about Bill Cosby, which is fucking making me laugh. Um, so go ahead and find him, please, and be his friend there at Facebook. But I'll tell you what, if you don't want to just be friends with him, if you want to pony up and show him that you're his friend via the cash ver- uh, way, the cash uh, Avenue. I don't know. Cash Avenue. Uh, that's a good name for a wrestler. Cash Avenue. Uh, or a country singer. Please welcome Cash Avenue. I got no money and my lady left. All right. I made a knife on TV. Well, I'm the best. All right. So here's the thing. That's how Cash Avenue sings. If you want to find David Hernandez, David Mex Hernandez, again, like I mentioned, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez or go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Share with him some money and he'll share with you a painting or a sculpture or some other fucking cool ass thing. And you can get him on board with doing something that you need. Now, I'll tell you what. He's got Valscapes. He's got Guy Cons. He's got all that stuff on sale there. You can go to artbydmh.com and peruse the site and look for pieces that he's already created that are on sale or you can step up and say, you know what, dudes, this is a guy that I want to create some custom artwork for me and he will do just that. And I'll tell you what, 
When I was at Justin and Mary's house in Arizona, he actually painted uh, a dog painting for them, and it's displayed prominently in their foyer, because when I saw it, he goes, hey, that's art by DMH right there. I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. So I took a photo of it, so I will post that on the Joker's page, post haste, and you guys will see all these photos. And I, look, I there's a lot of shit I got to post. I'll talk about that on the other side. But, uh, but still... Please know that David Mix Hernandez is out there at artbydmh.com. He can paint your dog. He can paint you. He can paint your dead aunt. He can paint your live grandma. Whatever the fuck you want him to paint, he can go ahead and do it. If you want him to paint the Avengers, if you want him to paint the Justice League, he can probably do any and all of that stuff for you. You just got to find him at artbydmh.com. And uh, when you do, do me a favor. Tell him you heard about it on this show because he would love to know that. I mean, he needs to know that you heard about it here because where else are you going to hear about it? I don't know if you bought any time on any other shows. He might have. But by all means, mention the 40-year-old boy and you'll get absolutely $0 off of your purchase. But please, mention it to him just so he's sick of hearing my goddamn name. But you can find him to do customized artwork, to buy the artwork he's already done, but you need to go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. already I was just in the middle of a dream I was Rudolph Valentino by a crystal blue Italian stream But I can't be late cause then I guess I just won't get paid These are the days when you wish your bed was already made it's just another manic Monday I wish it was Sunday Cause that's my fun day My I don't have to run day It's just another manic Monday Have to catch an early train Got to be awake by night If I had an airplane, I still wouldn't make it on time Cause it takes me so long just to figure out what I'm on the way Blame it on the train, but the boss is already there It's just another manic Monday I wish it was Sunday that's my fun day But I don't have to run day It's just another manic Monday All of the nights Why did my lover have to pick Last night to get down Doesn't matter That I have to feel Both of us employment's down Then she tells me in her bedroom Time it goes so fast when you're having fun It's just another manic Monday I wish it was Sunday Cause that's my fun day But I don't have to run day It's just another manic Monday I wish it was Sunday that's my fun day. 
It's just another manic Monday How'd you like that? Fucking badass, right? That's uh, our friend David Hernandez, of course, as I just mentioned on the previous side. He does art by DMH, does all the music and the artwork. Well, that was part of the music part of it that he does. Uh, that was his version of Manic Monday, which is from an upcoming LP that he's actually recording for Patreon subscribers. You heard me. Uh, and by the way, I always screw up what David and I have planned. We talk about it and then I never write it down, but I'm pretty sure that was going to be for Patreon subscribers coming, uh, coming up, coming forward. So if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, which we'll get to later. Uh, please know that you've got that in your future. That's just a tease. But it worked because I told him I was going to be talking about Prince. And he's like, well, dude. And that's why, of course, we got the artwork in there. And look, because he's a genius. Look at that fucking artwork. How fucking amazing is that? All I have to do every week is do artwork or do, do a show that lives up to the artwork. That's really all I need to do. I don't know if I ever pulled it off, but uh, good for me and good for him. Uh, folks, look, here's the thing. I stop saying here's the thing and stop with the resetting. And says, that's as bad as um, because a lot of people say um all the goddamn time. I say here's the thing or what I'm trying to say or ah, fuck. It's just a weird, it's a, it's a, it's a placeholder. Uh, and when you're speaking stream of consciousness, when you're speaking extemporaneously, you try to avoid those things. And yet sometimes you need them. They have to arrive. Anyway, we got sponsors. Fuck, who cares? You don't care about a fucking explanation. We got sponsors for this goddamn show. That's right, we do. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's a, a sponsor called, let's talk about them right now, the Paranoid Strain Podcast. Fearful Jesuit is the coolest. He's the guy that I like and love. Man, seem, one of those seems harsh or, or like too much, maybe. I like him. I'm his pal. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a guy who does this podcast, which is the fucking greatest. It's called Paranoid Strain. It's available now on iTunes. Right now, you can hear my voice on it. I did a, a kind of an, I'm the opening voice. It's the first, I'm the first voice you'll hear this time on episode, I think it's seven. Uh, and he talks to dude, he talks about Alex Jones. He talks about Project Artichoke. He's talking about false flags and Cindy Lauper and all sorts of bullshit. Uh, so go ahead and check it out. It's fucking amazing. It's out there in a, you know, and subscribe too. That's the thing. Please subscribe, review the show in iTunes, and then also write Fearful Jesuit and mention us, mention us in the reviews, mention us in any correspondence you have with him. So he knows that this is paying off, that he's sponsoring a show that makes sense. And I, I appreciate it. He does too. Thank you so much. Cause again, as I've told you, anybody who can do anything that I can't do, if you're a hillbilly who can make a knife, uh, or a, or a Jesuit who can make a podcast, that's fucking brilliant. I admire you because I do this, not that this is bad. But it's different from what you do. So I admire people who can do things differently from what I can do. It's why I love David, because he does music and art that I couldn't possibly approach. So good for him and good for us. And it's glad that we're all teamed up, right? Me, David, and the Jesuit in a van solving crimes with a dog and a hippie. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> that's, my, uh, that's my first attempt ever to Scooby laugh. I think I came close. That's not bad. Just coming off of memory. I haven't seen that fucking show in 80 years. <laughs> Is that bad? It's not bad uh like hey man there's a sm- look at me i'm i'm chock full of impressions how great am i earlier it's me whining and bitching and wondering about i got nothing to offer here's me bringing joy to you in the in the form of half-assed scooby and shaggy enjoy that and take it running the fearful law uh, jesuit does the podcast called the paranoid strain it's available now and also please remember they got a youtube channel you can check out their youtube channel and uh and subscribe because again if they get enough subscribers they turn into hitters they get a custom url and then perhaps they'll pay me even more money because oh my god you wouldn't believe the filthy lucre i'm bringing in from that goddamn guy he's paying me so much fucking money unfortunately it's all in drachmas because he's a jesuit he's from overseas or wherever the fuck they get drachmas from so good for him uh check out that show he's our sponsor he's the best uh, and, and who else do we have? Uh, uh, cameo, you know, you can find me on cameo folks. Here's the deal. Uh, there's a cameo. It's an app and you can find me on there. And what I'll do is I'll call you 
or I'll, I'll record a video and I'll roast you or whatever the fuck it does. I don't know. Go download the app for Cameo. Look, Google Cameo video shoutouts and you'll find me in a, in a, just a pile of YouTube and Instagram comedians who are all infinitely funnier than me, but look toward the bottom. That's where I am right there waving at you. And you're familiar with my work. And look, I won't be hurt if you want to go with somebody else who wears a wig and calls you dude a bunch of times. Why not? If it's your money, it's your green cash, spend it the way you want to spend it. But I am on there if you want to hook me up. And I will tell you this, our friend Murph, who listens to this show this week, uh, just today, as a matter of fact, he contacted me and he's like, dude, I want to buy a cameo of you because I want you to give a phone call to your number one fan, Liana Dixon. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, dude, first of all, you don't have to pay me for that, man. Uh, I owe Liana a phone call and she's always been fucking really cool and Murphy, you're really cool. So I'll go ahead and I'll just give her a call because I happen to have, look, I don't know how you handle your life, but I've got a Liana Dixon right there in my goddamn phone. I could dial her. I could call her right now if I wanted to. She probably doesn't want to hear from me at 1.15 in the morning, but who knows? Uh, before I, I'll call her during the Avengers. You're not going to believe this. Oh my God. The vision. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything, please. I already, I already, the movie just came out. And I've avoided spoilers till now. I'm going to be at the theater in an hour and a half watching it, but or an hour and 15 minutes even. But fuck, dudes, already, like, people people do that cute thing where they're just like, I can't believe what I... And just like, nah, shut the fuck up, man. I don't want to hear it. I don't want... Because they don't spoil it, but they still... Re- they have to react because they have to, and it drives me out of my fucking skull. So it's another reason to avoid social fucking media. But... Uh, so I won't call Liana during the Avengers to spoil it, but I'll call her to give her a play by play. Just tell her the entire fucking movie, but it was her birthday. So he's like, dude, I'll do a cameo. And so what the point is, I'm not going to talk you out of doing a cameo. I talked Murph out of it because Liana is a friend and I don't want him paying. He's a friend. So don't be a friend who pays me to talk to another friend. I can do that. Even though I'm also a performer and I make money and whatever the fuck, I know it's ridiculous. And I, I talk you guys out of, cause I ask for money and then I'm like, well, you don't have to give me money. It's dumb. But if you want to give me money, I'm on Cameo and you want me to roast you or somebody, you know, that's fucking cool. And I'm there. Uh, so go ahead and check it out. It was, it was nice of Murph to contact me and to contact Liana. And a lot of you guys, like, I, I want to thank all of you. Like I mentioned, I went last week and I stayed in Arizona. I saw Justin and Mary, which was great. I saw Zach. Uh, I didn't mention a couple of weeks ago. I actually met a John, uh, uh, a listener, John Arneson. I'll say his name. He is from England. And he's traveling all over the world right now because he's on a sabbatical. I, how fucking great is that? How great is your life? You can take a sabbatical to Thailand and then Spain. That's all I want to fucking do. I just want a sabbatical. I want a radical sabbatical. I think it's actually a public enemy rhyme. Uh, uh, I'm on a sabbatical, yet I'm not a criminal. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. I can't pull it off the top of my head. Um, but John came here and he's like, dude, I want to get you to England. And, uh, and I would love to go to England. I want to do shows there. So I threw it out there on the Joker's page a couple of weeks ago and people in England that do listen to the show were nice, but here's the thing, man. I mean, like, I love this idea and I think it's great. And I have all these grandiose fucking things, but at the same fucking time, I'm, I can't even sell tickets in Cincinnati. I mean, you know, I, and maybe I can eventually as we get closer, but people wait and they delay. Uh, but I, I, I love to make these plans cause I think that I would be really good and I would make it work. But at the same fucking time, I have to work at it. I have to get out there. I have to hustle. I have to do these things. And uh, you know, I can't rely on John and the people who live in England to just bring me out there. So just know that England is a hope and England is a possibility. And John Arneson is one of the main ringleaders who's trying to make it happen along with Hannah and Robin and everybody else who's out there. Uh, Liam, a lot of cool ass people. Uh, and I want to get there. And John's like, John thinks I would make actually strangers laugh, not just fans of the show. He's like, dude, you, you would, you'd be a cracker. I think it was exactly what he said. You'd be a cracker. Uh, and like, as I said earlier, you know, that's all I want is a cracker. All I want is a goddamn cracker. So John's saying I'll get them in England. So I'd love to come there and grab them. So it was, it was nice meeting John. Um, and a lot of people have sent me things. Matt Henshaw is a cool guy. He sent me a book called 10% happier. And, uh, and he wants me to read that. And thank you for that book, uh, Matthew. That was great. Cause I went, I went to the, uh, the, the fucking, cause our friend Chuck who listens to the show sent me some cool ass stuff. 
Uh, I'll talk more about that in the future, but he was like, he, he stepped up in an unbelievably big way and sent me something. And I, I can't, until I'm able to use it and stuff, I don't want to really get into, into it. Cause I mean, it's just, it's more talking about shit that I don't do. And I fucking hate that. I don't like telling you, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Duh. I mean, I just did it with England for fuck's sake. Hey, I want to come to England. We, well, don't we all want to fucking go to England? Uh, but I don't know if it's the secret. I'm supposed to speak it into the fucking universe and it'll happen. I don't fucking know. But Chuck stepped up in a big way this week. Thank you, Chuck. And uh, when I was there, like I said, Matthew Henshaw sent me a book. Our friend Jay Campbell sent me something. He's the coolest guy ever. I had talked about my beard trimmer fucking up and I lost the beard comb and I had to grow this really thick beard. You know, it's funny. I should put up a selfie of me. No, I shouldn't. Nobody fucking cares. You know, I, I <laughs> this will sound awful. I put up a picture of me holding that Sonoran dog in Arizona. I put up a photo of me and I was like, God, here's me with this fucking bacon wrapped death dog. And if you can see my beard's real thick, it's still a goatee, but it's, it's, I hadn't been able to trim it. Cause like I said, my fucking trimmer was dead. So I was doing the best I could. So Jay, when I talked about it on the show, he's like, Hey man, would you want me to send you a trimmer? Like I have a spare one. And I thought, man, that's fucking nice, but also that's uh, gross. I don't know if Jay's cutting his fucking balls hairs with this or I, you know, hey, here's the trimmer I trim my balls with, like a fucking prank. I don't know if it was going to be jackass, but I said to Jay, I'm like, well, no, man, tell me how much it is. And, 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 and he's like, no, man, I was able to get it at Target. They had a clearance on both of these. I bought two uh, and I don't need this one. So I'd be happy to send it. So he sent me like a fucking Norelco. Yeah, like a $50 trimmer or something. It trims your beard, trims whatever the fuck. It's got 19 different beard combs. Whoever fucking invented it, good for them. Um, And so I was able to fucking, I actually, and again, like I said, when you wake up and you take a shower and you shave and you feel better, you feel more human. And I felt more human because of Jay Campbell. He sent me this trimmer and I was able to trim my beard. So I didn't look, I mean, I'm old. There's no doubt, but I was able to trim it. So it wasn't out of control. It wasn't unruly. I didn't look as old. I'll put up a picture. You'll see. Like if you look at the picture of me holding the Sonoran dog, you'll be like, holy fuck, that's thick and gray. Cause my, my beard is super gray, my goatee. But then when I trimmed it, you know, I look, I look, it just look better. You just look like a grown up. You look like a good person. I'm, I'm, I just look better. And I feel better. And it's, it's because of Jay Campbell. So he sent me this beard trimmer, but then also he's like, I had room in the box. So I sent you some books. So he sent me like a Monty Python book and he sent me a cool ass old school book with a menu translator. So like you take it to other countries and you're like, you learn how to say beef and finish. You know what I mean? Like in Finland, it's like this or whatever the fuck it's got all the pronunciations and shit. So that was really cool of him to think of me. But also now here's the thing. I don't know where this comes from. Actually, maybe Jay knows me better than I, I know myself, but he sent me the menu translator. He sent me the Monty Python book. He sent me the beard trimmer. And then he sent me no less than three solid books of porn cartoons, uh, not drawn by him, professional porn cartoons, old school, like Popeye getting laid, like the weirdest fucking like these, they're from the twenties and thirties, but somebody combined them into these volumes and it's like wimpy stops by to get a hamburger, but he sticks a cock at a girl's ass. I mean, it's just these weird, then they're hardcore. I mean, like I got to see Popeye's dick this week, folks. How many more people out there can say that? Gosh, that's exactly what I said when I opened the book. Gosh, no, it's Popeye's junk. Uh, oh, gosh, it's Popeye's junk. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Jay, for sending me that, uh, book of porn cartoons and then the other book of porn cartoons and then yet another book of porn cartoons. You know, my sweet spot, buddy, three books of porn cartoons in addition to a beard trimmer. And then of course the menu book and the Python book. Thank you so much, Jay. You're super cool for that. Uh, and then folks, our good friend, Michelle Jacobs, who I've been to dinner with and, uh, and had a lovely time with, who has seen me in Portland and possibly even saw me in Seattle. And then she was here for work and she's like, Hey, can you pick me up at the airport? And I did, I drove her and we went out and had dinner. I put up a picture of us on the, on the Joker's page. I believe or she did. Um, she sent me because when we were out at, at dinner, uh, 
I showed her all the Boston Terriers that I have on my goddamn phone uh, because I'm a weirdo. Uh, one of my screen, my screensaver right now. I should post it because it is it is the cutest, best picture ever of a dog you'll ever see. I don't. I'm sure your dog is lovely, uh, but there's nothing you can do to convince me that it's better than this dog that's on my screensaver, who I must hunt down and find and keep, and hug and love. And George, can I keep him, George? Uh, but Michelle, knowing my love for Boston Terriers, she said, "Hey, you might want to watch your PO box." And I open a box, and sure enough, I have a friendly, she sent me a stuffed Boston Terrier, like a little guy. And he's as big as the one on my screensaver. He's beautiful. And so he sits on my desk here with all the Jokers and Travis Bickle and, and uh, Star-Lord and everybody else who's on my desk, Quentin Tarantino. Um, so thank you, Michelle. That was really nice of you to think of me. And I get to look at him and I pet him and I just think to myself, oh, someday, someday you'll have a real friend who's, and he can sleep with you. Oh my God, would that be great? Uh, so thank you. That's, that's super awesome. So thank you for everybody who's thought of me, who sent me gifts and, uh, and done your best to show me that I mean something that's really cool. And I don't say that in a weird way. And I'm not trying to be like, boohoo and whatever the fuck you think of me and it makes me happy. And I, I can't tell you enough how great that is. So thank you very much for sending me cool ass stuff. Uh, and now here's me trying to get more money from you. If you want to be a Patreon, go to Patreon and become a Patreon patron. Uh, and again, like I said, anybody who donates $10 a month or more gets in free to Cincinnati. Send me your name. I'll put you on the list. You can come out to the goddamn show. Oh, did I mention Cincinnati? I'll be at the Clinton Performance Theater in Cincinnati, July 7th. Uh, I'll be running the Spartan Sprint in the daytime and doing a show that night. Uh, that week I'll be in town, although airline tickets went out of the fucking roof. I looked a couple, like a month ago, and they were like 160 And I'm like, well, I can make that work. Now they're 245 So I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work. I will get there and I will be there and I will run the Spartan Sprint. I don't know if I can come for the whole fucking week, although I have to now because Colette got baseball tickets for the 4th. So I'm going to be there. I got to figure out how it's going to work. But still, the point is, July 7th, Cincinnati, Clinton Performance Theater. Come out and check me out. Buy a ticket, please. That'd be great. We'll have fun. I'll tell jokes. And then afterwards, we can go out and have some fucking chili with noodles in it and fucking cheese and onions and whatever the fuck else. Uh, let's go get, let's have gross chili and do a fucking show. So come to Clinton performance theater in Cincinnati, July 7th. I'll be there doing a show and, and I got other shows to announce eventually. As soon as I find venues and, or, and I get things squared away and scheduled, I'll have tickets on sale for another city in August and uh, coming up here. But anyway, uh, let me tell you about this, uh, Patreon. And of course the website exists. Go to Mike Schmidt uh, and check out the Joe business page. We've got all the cool ass stuff there. That's for sale, letting download stuff. But more importantly, the Amazon link is there. Please use the Amazon link to, uh, to buy all your stuff. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly. It doesn't cost you anything extra. You get to use the link and buy things to bring to your house and then you'll enjoy them and love them. And you'll think of me every single time. You know what? Here's what I recommend you do. Go on there, buy a tiny Boston Terrier, get a book on how to be 10% happier, and then buy as many solid books of porn cartoons as you possibly can. Just buy them all, get them in your house and and then and jerk off to fucking Steve Canyon and the Phantom tag teaming a native girl. God damn, there's nothing better. So please go ahead and pick those up and have a good time and love it. And it's fantastic. So if you want to be a patron, go to Patreon. You want to subscribe uh, to, uh, or you want to use the Amazon link, go to the website, go to the Joe business page and it's there. And again, I'm on cameo. You can find me there. I'll be in Cincinnati. These are plugs, fucking plugs, fucking plugs. And, uh, and as you know, I will tell you this, there's this benefit also to doing the show this week. Um, you know, they, they caught the Golden State Killer. I'm sure you saw that. Uh, and Michelle McNamara, had been, she had written a book on it, and she'd done her, the podcast as part of it. Karen Kagaroff on, on uh, Making a Murderer or whatever. I forget the name of their show. I apologize. 
uh, you know, they talked about it. And Michelle McNamara really had this dogged pursuit of the Golden State Killer. And then they wind up catching him, which is fucking incredible. And then at the press conference, they never say fucking Michelle's name once, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. It's like the only... And, and maybe, maybe there was some fucking dude in the cold case who's like, you know, I, I never gave up on this or whatever the fuck. Good for you. But you know what? Give her credit. Why would you not step up and go, you know what? Yeah, the fact that she had this dogged determination, she did a lot of legwork. She wrote an amazing book. And, and just if you want to read anything, read the passage about when she talks about when they're going to catch him and they come walking up the driveway and he's in the house and he hears them walking up the walk. Dude, it's. It's chilling. It's written so fucking well. Go ahead and get Michelle McNamara's book, please, about the Golden State Killer and uh, and read about it because it's just it's really super. It's just great writing. Uh, and, and and unfortunately, she passed away, but she she has to be happy or, you know, her all of her friends and her family. They have to be happy to see her her legacy made and her work pay off. Uh, but then I, so like I said, benefit of doing a show today was I heard more about the story. Uh, they caught this dude. He's 72 years old. And then you read any of the fucking things that he did. I mean, he's a terrible guy. He was also the East Side Rapist. But he's a terrible... Look, if you're a serial killer with two different names, like you're the East Side Rapist and the Golden State Killer, I mean, you're doing heavy-duty work at that point. Just fucking lay down your, your black gloves and your ski mask. You've done more than enough if you've earned two nicknames. Uh, so they catch this fucking dude. And then it turns out the way they caught him was because one of his relatives sent in his her fingernails or her spit to the government to find out like if she was an Indian, you know what I mean? Like one of those fucking dumb things. And it, I swear to God, dudes, just like I always say, Hey, if I die, don't take my liver. Cause I might need it wherever the fuck else I go. If you, if there, if there is, if somehow these Bible idiots are fucking right. And I don't mean you're idiots, whatever the fuck you believe what you believe in. That's cool. But if somehow there is another place to go, I don't want to go there without a liver. I don't want to be, I don't want to be just a fucking nose. You know, literally I'm going to die and be a groucho nose and glasses. Fuck all that. I can't be that. I need to have all of me. If I'm going to whatever heaven or hell or whatever the fuck exists. Same thing with this fucking DNA thing. Everybody, I mean, people I know are like, hey, I'm sending my fingernails to the government. What the fuck are you doing? I'm sure it makes me some sort of weird tinfoil hat fucking don't read the comments section guy from the internet. But why would you ever give the government your DNA on purpose? I know we've never done anything. Okay, I know I'm, I'm a guy who's done nothing. I I. I could give my spit, my eyebrows, my fine fingernail, whatever the fuck they needed. But just in case, just in case they need a fall guy and they want to pin it on a fat dude, the last thing I want to do is give the fucking lazy police department my fingernails so they can put them at the site and claim my DNA was found. Fuck that. That's, haven't you seen forensic files? Haven't you seen the fucking OJ case when the fucking the coroner showed up and they contaminated the blood and there was a guy? And look, we all know OJ killed her. But because they they had enough reasonable doubt over the fucking DNA of the cops, dude. And so if I if somebody gets killed and they're like, well, you know, we can't pin it on OJ. Let's find some other fat dude. Whose hair do we have on file? Whose fucking eyebrows? Who spit? Who foolishly spit in an envelope and sent it to us? And, you know, I, I remember in the old days when you used to spit in an envelope and send it to somebody, it was not a fucking good thing. That was, always, that was always an insult if you spit in an envelope and send it off to someone. But I'll tell you what, these people now are spitting in envelopes, they're licking things, they're sending their fucking hair and their nails. My mom's talking about doing it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And now look, my mom's 75, but that doesn't mean they won't pin a murder on her. I can't see my mom rotting a fucking jail cell because she wanted to find out if she was part Norwegian. Who the fuck gives a fuck? I don't care. I don't need to know what kind of cuisine is in my fucking background. I don't need to know if I'm a fucking Native American. I don't, what am I going to do? Go to a fucking Irish people fucking we mailed our hair and nails to the government reunion? That's never going to fucking happen i don't need to know that bad i'm german irish half and half i don't need to know any more about the fact that somebody i know once fucked that fucking guy from fucking
nothing lonelier than being trapped inside yourself. It's easier to hide when you pretend you're the nice. Women love a guy with a giant neck.